2: Rick Tittle!
3: All right, we are underway. What you got? Rick Tittle with you, coast to coast, border to border, around the world. What does Ron say? We got gotcha you on America's Sports... That's the great Mark Van Gelder voice guy. We've got gotcha you on America's Sports Talk Network, Sports Byline USA. About 20 years ago, there's a guy here, used to work in affiliates named Steve... And he was like, what a stupid name, Sports Byline. (laughs) What are we going to do? We're stuck with it, man. (laughs) And it's not stupid. Anyway, it's nice to have you with us and uh, wherever you're listening, especially those of you in our military. Thank you for uh, keeping us safe. It's always, thank you for your service. Well, no, thank you for actually literally keeping us safe. There are a lot of nations out there that mean us harm, and why would they? Because they're jelly I mean, we're super nice. We're super nice to the whole world, aren't we? What's your beef? We're cool. But seriously, thanks for keeping us safe. Uh, We talk sports here. This is what we do 24-7. I'm no different. I talk about every sport. I'm so great. I'm so smart. We do have uh, some guests coming up. Actress Adesua Oni. She has a new project called Equiano. Uh, Also, comedian Don Jameson. Uh, you might remember him. We got some filmmakers for the new documentary about the Alpine Meadows avalanche in 82. I remember that. I was in high school. We'll talk a little cricket with John Wright from AgainstTheNumber.com. And comedian Ali Siddiq is back. He's at uh, Helium St. Louis. And also Naomi Grossman, who looks gross, man, in American Horror stories. She's actually quite lovely without all the makeup. But she plays Pepper. Do you know that character? Could it get more hideous? probably not Rick don't body shame her no 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 it's on purpose alright I'm Rick Tittle we'll take a quick break come on back on Byline
4: Exergen would like you to know about an important new study by the FDA. It confirms what the medical community has always known. Non-contact thermometers are not accurate, and they fail to meet FDA requirements for accuracy and labeling. With new strains of COVID on the rise, we can't afford to tolerate rampant false temperature readings from non-contact thermometers. Accurate temperature measurements are essential. You need Exergen thermometers because they are accurate and backed by over 100 clinical studies. Be sure. Be accurate with Exergen. Learn more at exergen.com.
6: You're always up for some fun with the family. So you order the essentials, a new board game, some baking supplies, and even a new projector for outdoor movie night. And with the Bank of America Customized Cash Rewards Credit Card, you can choose to earn 3% cash back on online shopping, which could increase up to 5.25% as a preferred rewards member. Rewards which you can put toward an extra treat that everyone will enjoy, like an old-fashioned popcorn machine. Visit bankofamerica.com slash more rewarding and apply now. Copyright 2021 Bank of America Corporation.
3: Thank you for that, and welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on American Forces Radio Network. We will uh, get to our guests when we uh, hook her in. Uh, I don't feel bad about giving you Olympic results because in today's world, how do you not not find out? And in the old days, I used to think it was a shame. Not to do it. I mean, to do it. But nowadays, I just think, like, you, if you really didn't want to hear results from something that happened 14 hours ago, then you probably wouldn't be listening to a show such as this now. <clears throat> so um here to report that in the midst of a dramatic month, almost, for testing positive for a banned substance, the Russian Kamila Valieva... Turned in her worst performance of the Olympics today, falling over and over, and finished fourth in the women's free skate. She fell on both of her quad attempts. She also slipped on four other times. So uh, Russia's Anna Sherbakova won the gold. Russia's Alexandra Trusova won the silver, and Japan's Kaori Sakamoto took the bronze, and this is a 15-year-old girl who um, has the uh, ire of the sporting world against her. I feel really bad for her. Now, this kind of reminds me of Debbie Thomas, the Stanford girl who in the Olympics fell down over and over and over again and still got a medal just because it was Debbie Thomas. She was one of the finalists, and if you fall as many times as Valieva did, you shouldn't even come in fourth place in my book. But uh, remember, if she won, there was going to be no medal ceremony and everyone just assumed she was going to get the gold. So uh, she choked. And if she was American, she probably could have said, this is too much for me. I'm too stressed out and been on the cover of Time Magazine for being a heroine. But this is Russia. You are not going to say I can't take it. So I feel really sorry for her. She's she's beautiful. She's smart. I saw an interview with her. She's, you know, uh, representing a country that does nefarious things with their athletes. She just wants to skate. No, she's not a saint and I'm not trying to make her one, but she's a 15 year old girl. She's a, she would be a sophomore in high school if she was over here. You know, what did, what 15 year old doesn't feel awkward 90%. I'd say 95% of 15-year-olds feel awkward. 5% feel st- uh studly. <laughs> and that's the thing about women too is that you you know they go through puberty first. That's why if you go to a junior high dance all the boys are shorter than the girls. Um and then a lot of times the the body you have and the height you have at 15 for most women, that's it for life. I mean, that's That's kind of when you you hit. And so I talked about this with Anna Kornikova one time dropping a name. You know, she was a girl in this, you know, sexy women's beautiful body and guys are drooling over her. She was she was a young girl and she just wanted to play tennis. So I feel bad for her, not because she, quote unquote, cheated. And I don't think she's like, hey, give me a shot of that. She either got it with against her knowledge or she got it because they said, you're taking this, you know? And so it's, uh, anyway, it's, uh, it's sad because she has all the talent in the world. All right. Uh, it is our pleasure here. We still got a few minutes left in this segment. We will check in with actress Adesua Oni and talk about uh, her new project, Equiano. Adesua, welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit more. Who was uh, Aluada Equiano?
8: Um, Hi, thank you for having me. Um, Olida Equiano. So essentially he was a young boy um, who was taken from his village in West Africa. I personally believe in the Nigerian, what we call the Nigerian region now, um, and taken as a slave to England, where he ultimately earned his freedom. But what's more important about him, apart from that, is that he wrote a memoir which was quite pivotal in the abolish, um, abolishing slavery in England um, so he is a very important historical figure that I feel has gotten lost in history for quite a long time which is why I think this film is about reclaiming that narrative and reminding people that all around the world there were um, others apart from what we expect who we expect who were very pivotal in abolishing slavery
3: Yes, and uh, we know that the UK abolished slavery, sl- slavery way before the United States did. We had a terrible conflict uh, about abolishing slavery you, you might have heard of. For you, um, as a, uh, a, um, uh, you know, an, an English woman, uh, how much do you identify with this, with your African heritage?
8: Well, I was born in Nigeria um, and I was brought up there until I was 12. Mm-hmm. So I very much identify with my Nigerian heritage. And the funny thing is ever since I got my British citizenship, I feel more and more Nigerian. Mm-hmm. So I very much identify with it. Um, also because I feel like as if, because I've grown up in both England and Nigeria, his story to me is really important because it's an interconnecting point. Um between both histories of mine so I very much connect to it um also because I just think anyway once you will have a different skin color in a country that you call your own you have to acknowledge that you have a history and an ancestry beyond um the country that you live in and it's important to be able to understand who you are you know so like even just understanding his Igbo culture I'm actually Edo and Yoruba but the Edo tribe is quite close to Igbo so there's a lot that's quite similar in the way um, things are done in the home so it all just it it made me feel being on that set like as if I was back home I, I remember being able to go see my grandma in the village when I was a kid and the set was pretty similar to what I experienced so for me it was a huge connection.
3: Very cool. I remember hearing L- Lenny Henry say that when he was abroad with the lads, if they got too out of control or became hooligans and people said, are you English too? He'd go, no, I'm from Cameroon. So <laughs> you could always play that, huh? Yeah,
8: it's funny. There are times I'm like, I am i don't say. No. Not really from here. Sorry. <laughs> it's quite
3: fun. So where do you live in England now?
8: Um, So I live near Elephant and Castle I'm quite near Waterloo Do you know where that is? Yes,
3: I've spent many, many times over there Yes, Uh, and um, Lou is where the, that's the train station I think I take when I go down to uh, Brighton, or do I take Wait, no, that's um, St. Pancras, sorry Let's move on Um, (laughs) King's Cross I take the Thames link, yes Tell us a little bit, if you would, before I let you go About the Du Sable Museum Of African American History
8: yeah. Okay. So the Du Sable. I always call it Du Sable. Oh, right Du Sable. Sorry. Is it, is it? I don't know. I get these things. Excusez-moi. But... Um, who knows? Um, I do believe it's the first African-American museum um, in existence in, in America. Um, them, they, them coming on board the project was, I think, very important. Because I remember seeing a cut of the film um a few years ago before after it, it, it had been finished in post-production and what's actually been released now is quite different very different um take on it but what it has is it has true heart now it has authenticity now in a way that i think we were not necessarily always hitting on the mark before um so i think the collaboration of creatives that dusable brought to equiano was vital um I think what they're doing in terms of connecting and this is the thing I really, really appreciate about them, connecting both sides of the of the ocean in terms of the the English history of slavery, and the American history of slavery um, and understanding that it is in connect, interconnected. So by having them on board, I feel like as if we have tapped into um, a route or a vein that goes across lands. Um, and so I'm very grateful for their contribution to the film.
3: Well, I want to let everybody know that Equiano Stories is an Instagram-exclusive feature film uh, from the award-winning studios of uh, Stilo Stories, and uh, it began yesterday. And over the subsequent 48 hours, uh, Equiano telling the world his story as if he would with today's tools, which is a smartphone. And with IG, we've been speaking with actress Arasua Oni. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for your time and insights. Thank you. Bye. All right. Cheers. I'm Rick Tittle. We'll come back on Byline. Get in 1-800-878-PLAY.
1: Car. Listen, if I was a cop, I'd pull you over and ask to see your insurance. Woo, I bet that would scare the heck out of you. (laughs) But seriously, I still want you to get your insurance papers out. Whoa, that's ridiculous. Look, we all have cars. That means insurance. But newsflash, you don't have to pay a fortune for it. What smart people all over the United States are doing is saving hundreds of dollars calling AIS insurance. Some of you could be saving up to $600 a year. Maybe with an extra 600 you can get your car washed at least once a month. I mean, come on, look at it. Look, my job is to help you save money on your car insurance. So pick up the phone, call AIS Insurance right now, and get your car washed, please. 800-756-3744. 800-756-3744. 800-756-3744. That's 800-756-3744. That's 800-871-9417. Terms and conditions apply. Financing is available with approved credit. See openroadlending.com for details.
9: How is your car payment treating you? What if I told you you could make a free phone call right now and reduce your car payment by as much as $83 a month? Look at your car payment closely. You could be paying as high as 20% interest
11: I'm so disgusted by Rick Tittle that I find him very intoxicating.
3: Well, whatever works, I tell you. Uh, 1-800-878-PLAY. 1-800-878-7529. I'm sure a lot of you are like, screw Valieva. All right, that's fine. Um, you know what else is weird? Sean White is uh Excuse me. I hit this cough button to sneeze. Can I can I do that? Or must I always cough instead of sneeze? Sorry. Um, but the uh <clears throat> the final run for Sean White were uh, you know, a, a guy at his age and and it's it's cool to see him compete. I remember, you know, when he was hot stuff, I had him on the show and he had just had a uh, clothing line he released at Target, I believe. And I had Apollo Anton Ono at least three times on this show. But the one <clears throat> that uh bugs me is Michaela Schifrin didn't have a a good Olympics. You know, she was hoping to become the first American Alpine skier to win three golds, but that is uh, not going to happen. She just did not have a good, uh, I mean, just DQing, uh, falling, hitting the gate wrong. And she's 26 years old, you know, so she she can do it again at, at 30, but it's a long road. And I had Mikhail on when, you know, she was the darling of downhill skiing in the United States. She was 22 and she won a gold and, you know, Madison Avenue loves her, you know, she's super cute. And why wouldn't you want her as a pitch woman at that point? And when she came on, she was funny And so I really, uh, I was rooting for her and there's, there's one picture that, that I think so far for me is the most memorable thing of these whole Olympics. And that's just her over by the fence on the course with both her skis off, both her poles next to her. And she's just, you know, like almost sitting up in the fetal position with her head down, you know, and that's the thing. About the Olympics, and we say it all the time, but we get to see it right there. This isn't someone who, you know, I was talking about that uh, Finnish cross-country skier, and she was like, look, it's flooding here in the Olympic Village, and the Chinese government's like, delete that. And she's like, no, she didn't even qualify for her event. That is basically, you know, 90% of the Olympians. They're just there for the—and and listen, it's an amazing once-in-a-lifetime probably thing for them that I would have loved to have done, too. There's nothing wrong with not qualifying. Being an Olympian, representing your country, going through the opening ceremonies, and then maybe the closing ceremonies, how cool is that to just 24-7 be rocking your country's gear with the whole nation on your side? But when you're a favorite, like we was talking about Valieva— it's just talent squandered. Now she's 15. You know, it made me think about, you know, Christian Pulisic missing out on a World Cup cycle at his talent level. <clears throat> well, you look at it, people who play soccer for Wales, like Gareth Bale and Ryan Giggs, they're never going to any World Cup. You know, Georgie Best, when he was with Northern Ireland, there's just certain countries, it's like, you're not going to go to the World Cup. But with Michaela Schifrin, as I said, when you're on my show, I usually pull for you. I have a little bit of fondness for you. And to see her in the fetal position, you know, just completely distraught reminds you that, you know, you could be Kenley Jansen and come in and give up a grand slam in game five of the World Series, but you'll be out there in game six. You had 24 hours of hell. This is four years of hell. You know, when Zola Budd bumped into Mary Decker Slaney, and I, by the way, had her on the show, But was the barefoot South African girl, and that was during apartheid. So everyone hated her like she was responsible for apartheid, and she was a freak because she ran in bare feet. You know, and then Mary Decker gets up screaming at her. She's bleeding on the track in L.A. How dare you do this to me? I was the favorite. But then again, name dropping uh, as I do, Edwin Moses was going to literally walk to the high hurdles gold medal in Moscow and Jimmy Carter boycotted. So it's just, <clears throat> I feel bad for Michaela Schifrin because she is one of, if not the best in the world. You know, we had the world record holder in the decathlon who had a bad qualifying uh, event and skip the early rounds of the pole vault thinking that's a walk in the park. Wake me up when we get past 10 feet. And he missed all three attempts and he didn't go to the Olympics. And to his credit, he's like, hey, no problem. I'll come back in four years. And he did and won gold. But Michaela Schifrin, look, she's going to have, and they call it the World Cup, but that's all. Where does that take place? That's in Austria usually. France, Switzerland, Italy, you know, she's going to, outside of her commercials, she's going to disappear from sight for four years, and, you know, it's it's sad. Now, then again, you have Olympians, I think about the Seoul Summer Games, when one of our boxers didn't show up on time because the guy's driving him. Uh, they're like, oh, wait, what time was the fight? And he didn't get to go. This um, this Olympics, I think one of the other most ridiculous ones that, that I've heard last week was that there were five female ski jumpers that were disqualified because their clothes were too baggy. There were a couple for Austria, one from Japan, one from Norway, one from Germany. And the reason was they said their loose clothing gave them an advantage while in the air. I would think that tight clothing would be better than loose. I think that tight would be more aerodynamic. So they were told after their first jumps, look, you can't can't wear the baggy stuff. So they're like, oh, damn, we don't want to get disqualified. So they changed their clothes and they still got disqualified. And Katarina Aldhus, who got disqualified from Austria, she said, I have been ski jumping for 11 years. They always check my clothes. I have never been disqualified, and they have destroyed women's ski jumping. And she says, I know my suit was compliant. I've worn it in 160 World Cup starts. I've won five world championships. I've won three Olympic Games, and I got disqualified. My heart is broken. So, <laughs> look, women's ski jumping is relatively new in the Winter Games. It's only been around since 2014. Uh, but uh, you know, this, these are the stories you don't really don't usually hear about. And then if you're the manufacturer of that, you know, wh- wh- who makes it? Fisher, Rosignol, whoever makes it, Solomon. And then they say, yeah, we get we got disqualified. And then, oh, okay, we'll come back in four years. I, I'm sorry, but winning the World Cup is just ain't the same as winning the Olympics. Can I tell you what Michaela Schifrin has done in the, in the uh, in the four years in between last time I had her on my show? I can't. I know she's done well. How do I know she's done well? Well, I heard her name now and then, and she's on our Olympic team. <laughs> so if she sucked for the last four years, she would not be in China. And so anyway, just going back to Valieva, uh, I just, I just really think that it's a shame that she choked, you know, and I probably, you know, I'm not going to make a lot of friends comparing her to um, Simone Biles. Because as I say, if you can't take it, you shouldn't perform. Everybody can have a nervous breakdown. I could have, I never have had one, but I definitely could because I'm a person And i hate to have somebody say, do your stupid show while you're having a nervous breakdown. And I'd be like, yeah, no. And they wouldn't want me here anyway. But Valieva had no such recourse now. And she went out there and choked, and I feel bad for her. All right, let's move on. Let's talk a little comedy with Don Jameson on the other side.
12: Be a
13: MicroBand 24 protects against Staphylococcus aureus and Enterobacter aerogenes bacteria, but does not provide 24-hour protection against viruses. Every time you touch a surface, you leave behind bacteria. Use MicroBand 24 sanitizing spray to keep surfaces sanitized all day. Spray on hard surfaces to kill 99.9% of bacteria and viruses initially, including the virus that causes COVID-19 microband 24 keeps killing bacteria for 24 hours touch after touch when used as directed microband 24 touch after touch it doesn't give up
14: hey team it's a full house we got to pick up the pace at hank's restaurant the
15: line goes around the block
14: this for 12 okay i need the truffle oil drizzle
15: what he needs is another line cook Oh man
14: are the quail breasts still in the sous vide dave can you keep an eye on that please
15: indeed can help him hire great people fast
14: i need indeed
15: Indeed, you do. Instant Match instantly connects you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your sponsored job description. Visit indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply.
1: Let's say your business does $10,000 to $15,000 or more monthly revenue. There are times when you need more cash flow to run your business, right? Well, if you're a business owner in this situation, you need to call the merchant funding line. We don't play by bank rules. We're a direct lender with the power to approve deals. We look at your business, and we decide how much money to lend you, good credit or bad credit, even if your business was affected by the recent pandemic. If your business is solid, we can lend you up to $500,000 in one day. That's a half a million dollars in one day. Use the money for anything you think is right to run your business. If you need money, call now to learn how easy it is to get up to $500,000 in as little as one day. 800-905-7186. 800-905-7186. 800-905-7186. That's 800-905-7186.
3: Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. Blue Chew's tablets combat all forms of ED and can help men gain extra confidence when it's time to perform. No visits to the doctor, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy, and it ships right to your door. The process is simple. Sign up at bluechew.com. Consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. Blue Chew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right prescription. Blue Chew's tablets are chewable, and they're made in the USA. They prepare and ship directly. So it's cheaper than a pharmacy. Plus, there's a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code SPORTS at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com promo code SPORTS to receive your first month free.
16: Oh, come now. Don't be ashamed. We all have our idiosyncrasies.
11: I wish you would try and slap Rick Tittle's mama's face. He would clown you.
3: All right. Thank you for that. Welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you. Nationally syndicated out of San Francisco, around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. Uh, It's a pleasure to welcome to the show comedian Don Jameson. And um, for those of you in Atlanta, you can uh, check him out on the 25th at the Dead Comedy Jam. He'll be at Governor's in uh, Levittown, PA uh, the uh, next night uh, as well. Don, welcome to the show. And I've had your buddy uh, Jim Florentine on the on the show many times, so it's good to finally have you. I just wonder because I, I almost assume like you guys at this point are like brothers. Is that too much to say?
17: It's, <laughs> I, well, lovers would have been too much to say, but <laughs> brothers are okay. And and thank you for announcing uh, those tour dates because uh, I really need to. It reminds me I gotta speak to my agent about that routing. As
3: you're in Atlanta on Friday and
17: Long Island on Saturday. Way to go.
3: Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Those I mean the, those one night stands, the quick do do you try to like get out of Dodge right after the show like a like a baseball team or do you sleep in and then fly in the afternoon?
17: Well it depends. You know, obviously for this gig I you know, I gotta get out of Atlanta early the next day so I can get back. It's you know the the Days of the Dead convention. It was came up last minute, and I'm getting the honor. I hope to be performing with Jimmy JJ Walker, mm. Kid Dynamite himself, uh, at the Days of the Dead convention. So that's it's either the Rick. I don't know if it's the uh, a highlight of my career or it's the end of my career, but <laughs> it's going to be one
3: of them. Well, we're the same age, so uh, yeah, Dynamite. Uh, that's uh, there's nothing wrong with that.
17: Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. It's a weird combination to have like a a rock and sports guy up there with, <laughs> you know, a seventy six sitcom star. Although I was such a huge fan growing up of Good Times, so sure, uh, it, you know, it'll be an experience either way. But now, you know, I, I'm the kind of guy. I mean, I like to hang in the town. I like to go do stuff. So you know, Florentine, he he's on the first flight out, seven a.m. He's home, man. <laughs> you know, I I I like to sleep till noon, get up, go do a bunch of stuff. And then I'll take like the the late flight out when I leave. But uh, yeah, that weekend is going to be a little crazy.
3: Right. I remember um, I never saw Cheers until it got into uh, syndication because it was on the same time Thursdays as Inside the NFL on HBO. And so, and it was a it was a pleasure over the years to meet uh, you know Nick Bonacani and Lenny and uh, we're best friends, so I call him Lenny Dawson. Um, so uh, to work on that show and then to get an Emmy, I mean, how cool was that?
17: Yeah, yeah. yeah well, you were. The, yeah, you you saw the you know the original, I guess, version of uh, Inside the NFL. And when uh, Jimmy uh, Jim Florentine, I call him Jimmy because he's a close friend. Mm-hmm. Um, when when we did it, <laughs> you know, it was you know Costas had come in, Dan Marino, Chris Collingsworth, and uh, Chris Carter. And uh, I mean, look, man, for you know two idiots from New Jersey to win Emmys. I mean, to you know, for a guy like me to win an Emmy for sports is like Shaq winning last comic standing, you know, <laughs> it just like, how did this happen? Like, it's, it's like bizarro world, but you know, what a great honor. And, you know, of course I keep it on my nightstand. Cause you know, if I have a lady friend over, that's like freaking flyer miles right there.
3: <laughs> I thought maybe you'd be like flavor, flavor, and make like a necklace out of it.
17: Yeah, yeah, when I first got it, I did, but um, it, that was such a fun experience with those guys. You know, we, Florentine and I went to the award ceremony. Of course, you know, we're still wearing suits from our high school graduation. <laughs> you know, we're not, you know, classy dudes. We're jeans and T-shirt guys, and, you know, Costas and those guys are all in these, you know, $1,500 suits, and, you know, we we didn't even know we won. We missed the whole announcement because Manute Bull was sitting in the aisle across from us, and his legs literally came all the way across the aisle into ours. <laughs> and we were just giggling and making fun of his legs the whole time. Not to him, of course, but uh, right. that we missed the announcement. And uh, as we were leaving, you know, that Costas and Marina were like, hey, congrats, you guys. And we're like, for what? It's like, we won Emmys. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> okay, that's pretty cool. So it ended up working out good because we told HBO. To, you know, mail mail, mail the uh, Emmys to our, our parents' homes. So, uh, <laughs> you know, when my mom and dad opened the box, it was, uh, yeah, it was a special moment. And, uh, you know, they started returning my calls after
3: that. Good stuff. You know, I've, I've had Tom Rhodes in here many times, and I think about the early days of Comedy Central, and I've had Bill Bellamy in the early days of MTV. So yeah. for you, VH1, and you were, the, you were the rock guy, you know, and uh, what was it like establishing relationships with all these people that uh, you were a big fan of?
17: Um, You know, just, you know, a dream come true to be interviewing Alice Cooper one day and then Brian Johnson from ACDC the next day and Ted Nugent and and just all these people. And it's just funny, too, though, you know, um, because, you know, my fan base is kind of split, you know, like if I go to a rock show, you know, everybody there knows me and wants to get a picture. And then, like, if I go to Home Depot or Lowe's, everybody knows me as the sports guy in there. So. It's two totally different worlds, but, um, you know, it's great to have a fan base in both. And, you know, just being a kid who grew up listening to Kiss and and all that stuff, you know, and then to actually have them on the show was incredible, man.
3: It's awesome. A couple more questions for Don Jameson. Who was, uh, you know, it's not so much Kiss and Tell. I don't want to know someone who got arrested, but who was maybe the, the, the craziest band or guy that would you know destroy his hotel room or just you know trying to get arrested nonstop.
17: well i think it's you know it's pretty much marilyn manson is still the, mm. you know the, the who's obviously it's now all coming back to haunt him right he's, uh, he's in lots of trouble now but you know he he showed up at our show you know for the taping at 11 in the morning and he was he was literally drinking absinthe <laughs> straight out of the bottle <laughs> And, you know, you, there was always that, remember when we were growing up, there was that myth like about, you know, David Lee Roth, was he drinking Jack Daniels during the concert and was, oh, it was always iced tea and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I actually got to be backstage with Dave one time and as soon as he went out, I took a sip out of his Jack Daniels bottle and yep, sure enough, he was drinking Jack Daniels, <laughs> so check that one off. And then Marilyn Manson, I'm going, oh, maybe he's putting on an act, oh, I'm drinking absinthe, I mean, he's trying to be edgy. And all this stuff, but he brings the bottle out on the set, and then uh, he calls the PA over and he says, "Uh, could I please have a cup for this? Because we told him you can't drink it out of the bottle on the show." Mm. So she comes over with a with one of those styrofoam coffee cups, and he <laughs> pours the absinthe in, and the whole thing just
3: disintegrates. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, that's better than the rumor we used to hear about what Bowie was drinking on stage. Remember that?
17: Oh. Uh, Oh yes, well yeah. Yeah. lots of rumors about that yeah,
18: yeah. and Richard Gere. Um,
17: <laughs> Richard Gere, <laughs> but, but yeah, but but Manson was wild. I do. I gotta. I gotta give credit to VH1. I don't know how they edited that show for air, but because uh, he said some, some. I mean, Florentine and I say a lot of outrageous things. that he put us to shame?
3: So do a lot of people? You know, you you put on the rock and roll gear. You put on the uh, you know the crinkled cowboy hat. Do some people think like you're a Texas guy?
17: Uh, no, they just think, you know, I've been to Target recently, you know, I don't look too much like one way or too much the other way. I just kind of try to. And Mm. I think, you know, I think especially in the rock world, you know, you can pretty much put anything on and go, yeah, he's a, he's a rock and roller It's cool.
3: So, um, I know you used to open for, for Dice and we know how he exploded and he got SNL and he got the movie Ford Fairlane and. About twenty years ago, I actually did a uh, uh, offshore betting commercial radio commercial uh, with him, um, but I didn't get to meet him. We voiced our stuff separately, and then it was spliced together. Um, but uh, what was it like being uh, riding the Dice Man's uh, that wave at the time?
17: Well, I mean, if you, you talk about a crash course in comedy, I mean, if you if you could get out and score in front of his crowds you know then then you knew you kind of had something you know Mm -hmm. Um, because obviously those his crowds and even still to this day his crowds are still intense he still can get up in front of one of those old school crowds and he would always laugh at me because when when they introduced dice you know he takes his time he walks out you know he unscrews the cap on the water he takes a sip he takes this pack of cigarettes. It, you know, it's like a two-minute thing. He moves the stool three inches, you know, and he's not a care in the world. When I open And he used to laugh because I used to race to the mic as they were saying his name. And he'd be like, why, you, why do you do that? Why don't you just take your time? I go, because you don't have to open for you. I do, right? Mm-hmm. If I don't get to that mic before somebody in the crowd yells out, F you, I'm dead. <laughs> So but if I could get there and get the first joke out and get the first laugh, I got a shot.
3: So, you know, after all these years, can you think of that one set venue crowd, whatever it was where you just ate it and you hated it and you wanted to quit. And then conversely, what was the one, what was your like Carnegie hall moment?
17: Wow. Um, well, yeah, I mean, this, you know, Sometimes it's on a weekly basis that I want to quit, but <laughs> I, I never follow through. You know, I, you know, I'll give you one with Dice, which, which really illustrates, you know, as, you know, wild and crazy as, as Dice really is, that he really is a sweetheart. And he was very protective of me, you know, on that tour. And there was a night in New York City, you know, at the the PlayStation Theater, you know, a couple thousand people. And uh, this guy in the front row was just, you know, he was. Whoever was going up first, he was going to bring him down. And it just ended up into be like a 20-minute fight between me and this guy. Like I said, turn the lights on. I want to see this blankety-blank-blank. Blank. And, um, you know, which was good because, you know, Dice saw, saw the guy. And I came off stage. Uh, Rick, I was steaming. And I just I just stormed past Dice. He was talking to the promoter. And just as I went by, I heard him say, I don't step foot on stage Until that guy is out of the building, Mm. so in one moment I wanted to quit, and then the next moment, you know, I felt like a million bucks again because Dice had my back. So, and he didn't. He go. He go. He goes. He won't see the tip of my boot tonight. So, that was a cool story. So that 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 kind of is both of them, you know, in one.
3: So Dice not only can roll a six, he's got your six, right? (laughs)
17: <laughs> That's right. Ah, that was a bit no, of a he, reach. He really is the coolest.
3: Man. <laughs> Don Jameson, make sure to uh, check him out at uh, the Sharon Atlanta Dead Comedy Jam, February 25th, and then he has to skid that all up to uh, the Keystone State. Governors at uh, Levittown. Also, Philly March 10th at the Cricket Comedy Club, and uh, check out his dates online. Hey, Don, uh, next time you come to San Francisco, come on in studio, man.
17: Absolutely. I'll definitely stay in touch,
3: and thanks for having me, Duke. All right, good stuff. I'm Rick Tuttle. We'll take a quick break. Come on back on Sports SportsBot.
11: I wish you would try and slap Rick Tittle's mama's face. He would clown you.
3: All right. Thanks for that. we got another couple hours to go. Yesterday we were talking about the Eric K. trial. He's the guy who could be uh, going to jail, the former Angels employee who was supplying um, drugs, um, mostly uh, oxycodone and uh, fentanyl. To the likes of uh, the Angels uh, players. And Matt Harvey, the pitcher, testified with immunity to our justice system about what had happened. But Harvey saying that he would give Skaggs Percocet, um, which was very common amongst players in 2019. And um, he said that uh, when uh, Harvey woke up uh, after hearing that uh, Skaggs died, he through the uh, pill away the oxycodone that he got from K is that MLB says that they're going to be doing a full investigation once the trial ends something with which they thought they had already investigated now <clears throat> it's worth a note that MLB cannot suspend or fine anyone during a lockout And once the CBA is put together, hopefully soon, the Cactus League. By the way, in Arizona, I was reading that there are deals with those stadia in a lot of those towns, Mesa, Goodyear, you know, what have you throughout the Valley, Glendale, that if they don't have a certain amount of games, they're on the hook for the money to the big league teams, unless it's an act of God, weather, covid But if it's a lockout, they'll still be on the hook for the money. But anyway, Harvey is 33 years old. He was lousy with the Orioles last year. He was probably uh, not going to get signed by anyone, but it's basically MLB is going to suspend him, and uh, they have to. What are they going to act like? It's no big deal. It's like the courts gave you immunity, but we won't. I'm Rick Tuttle. we got two more hours. Get on back.
4: USA Radio News with John Hunt. With
20: prices at the pump continuing to rise by more than forty percent over the last twelve months, the Biden administration is now saying they're expected to rise again because of Russia's potential invasion of Ukraine. Speaking on Newsmax, Republican John Thune says that President Joe Biden is responsible for those rising prices.
21: First thing this president does when he gets into office is to shut down the Keystone XL pipeline, a project that would allow us to get energy from a friendly neighbor, Canada and transport it across the United States to make it available where they need to help fill the the gap in the uh, supply out there for the demand that's out there. Thune
20: said the increases disproportionately affect low- and middle-income families. The FBI is teaming up with the Justice Department to launch a new initiative aimed at identifying companies that are exploiting supply chain disruptions in the U.S., making increased profits in violation of federal antitrust laws. This is USA Radio News.
21: Water. It's essential to life. But it's also something that so many of us here in America take for granted. Imagine how different your life would be without access to clean water in your home. What if you had to walk to the nearest creek, stream, lake, or pond to get water? Suddenly, going to work and school wouldn't be an option because you and your children would have to spend your days collecting water. This is the day-to-day reality of most families living in the world's poorest countries. But what if I told you that you can change that reality for just pennies a day? Through our water projects, Food for the Poor is working to meet the need for water in 17 impoverished countries. But it won't happen without you. Incredibly, it only takes $15 to provide a child access to clean water for life. $15. Decades and decades of access to water for a child. Give the life-changing gift of water now. Just text USA Radio. To 91999. Text USA Radio, all one word, to 91999.
20: The CDC may be loosening guidelines, but that story, here's USA's Katie Lewis.
12: The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is expected to loosen guidance on indoor masking as early as next week. This as COVID-19 cases and hospitalizations continue to drop. In a press briefing on Wednesday, CDC Director Rochelle Walensky said the agency is examining new metrics for relaxing pandemic guidance, including masks, and would deliver that updated guidance soon. In the USA Radio News Midwest Bureau, I'm Katie Lewis.
20: Lawmakers are running out of time once again. Again to pass a short-term funding extension to avoid a government shutdown tonight. It remains unclear when the Senate will vote on the continuing resolution, which will keep the government open by extending funding, but only through March 11th. Complicating matters further, some Democrats are absent due to personal and family reasons, causing concern the party may be short of the votes they need to defeat any Republican amendments. This is USA Radio News.
10: You've heard us talk about the luxurious Giza Dream sheets for MyPillow. Well, now they're on sale. 60% off as low as $39.99. Lots of other overstock items and a free copy of Mike Lindell's book, What Are the Odds from Crack Addict to CEO? With any purchase, but you've got to use my promo code USA. Go to MyPillow.com, the radio listener square. Use my promo code USA or call one 800 Nine five one eight one seven
20: five. SEVERAL MAJOR U.S. AIRLINES ARE NOW ASKING THE FEDERAL GOVERNMENT TO CREATE A COORDINATED NO-FLY LIST FOR VIOLENT AND DISRUPTIVE PASSENGERS. TRANSPORTATION SECRETARY PETE BUTTIGIEG SAYS THE GOVERNMENT IS LOOKING INTO IT. Uh, LOOK, uh, THE AIRLINES ARE OFTEN DOING
19: THEIR OWN INTERNAL NO-FLY LIST. SOME OF THEM HAVE SPOKEN ABOUT MAYBE COORDINATING ON THAT. AND uh, WE'RE LOOKING AT THESE POLICY RECOMMENDATIONS AS WELL. THE FAA HAS A ZERO TOLERANCE POLICY. Uh, Fines have been increased. Enforcement has been increased. But let's be very clear. This is happening at an unacceptable rate. Anything besides zero is an unacceptable rate.
20: More than 500 unruly passenger incidents have been reported in the first six weeks of 2022, according to new data from the Federal Aviation Administration, and at least 80 incidents have been referred to the Justice Department to consider criminal prosecution. Negotiations aimed at ending Major League Baseball's lockout will resume today. The Players Association notified management that it's ready to respond to the offer that MLB made last week. Baseball's ninth work stoppage, the first since 1995, enters its 78th day, one day after spring training workouts were scheduled to start. There's very little chance exhibition games will start as scheduled on February 26th, and the work stoppage now threatens opening day on March 31st. Given the need for 21 to 28 days of training and additional time to report and go through COVID-19 protocols. An agreement by the end of February is needed for an on-time start. For USA Radio News, I'm John Hunt.
14: Here's a simple solution for you. If you have back pain, knee pain, or any other pain in your body, it's as simple as drinking a glass of water every day. Your body is over 60 percent water, and drinking the best water you can get is crucial for your health. Call now and learn which Echo product by Synergy Science is right for you. We offer free shipping and a full 30-day
1: money-back guarantee. Change your health by simply changing your water. 800-944-1789. 800-944-1789. 800-944-1789. That's 800-944-1789.
22: Rick Tittle knows his sports. I hate that guy. I love that guy.
3: Welcome back to the program. Great to have you with us. What is going on in your sporting world? Yes, I have filmmakers and two actresses today, two comedians today, a couple of directors, and you. You got any athletes at all? I don't know. Maybe Don Jameson played high school baseball. I don't know. But uh, we're here for your calls. This whole uh, hour... Uh, well, at eleven at 10.40, we'll have time for you. <laughs> but it's uh, it's great to uh, talk sports with you. And I'll talk any sports you like. I don't know. I just turn into like a park. I'll talk any sports you like. Football, basketball, baseball, hockey, soccer, golf, tennis, auto racing. I was watching a movie last night. And I was having trouble placing the accent. It was in England. And it turned out it was uh, a West Country accent with a, with a lot of ways in it. will can't do that at all, because it's all right. It's more wet like this, you know. Like, so it's all right. And it was, it was annoying me. Because sometimes I thought they were talking Irish, and then sometimes I thought they were talking Scottish. But it was more like, oh, you'll take a call there, will you? Uh, it's also so totally are on you. I was like, I can't understand you at all, can I? You can understand me. Come on in. Sometimes I go and do an accent just to keep my own sanity. Is this thing on? Here, let me see if it's on. Oh, there it is. That's a little check right there. Uh, Naomi Grossman, can she get any uglier on purpose? Quite lovely when not in makeup. Steven Sieg and Jared Drake talk about the avalanche in 82 at Alpine Meadows. They have a film about that. John Wright will talk cricket. And uh, Ali Sadiq has been on the show before, and uh, we'll talk a little comedy. Tune in app, iHeartRadio app, Stitcher app. There I am on Twitch.tv. How you doing? Waving at the cameras. How do I get that figured out? CRN Digital Plus 2, the cable radio network, Channel 2. On your cable provider, you can get uh, that way uh, as well. And um, Tiddling Sports with Rick Tittle on Facebook.
6: Come on back. You're always up for some fun with the family. So you order the essentials, a new board game, some baking supplies, and even a new projector for outdoor movie night. And with the Bank of America Customized Cash Rewards Credit Card, you can choose to earn 3% cash back on online shopping, which could increase to up to 5.25% as a preferred rewards member. Rewards which you can put toward an extra treat that everyone will enjoy, like an old-fashioned popcorn machine. Visit bankofamerica.com morerewarding more rewarding and apply now. Copyright 2021 Bank of America Corporation.
14: Call Pharmacy Shop 24-7 to get generic versions of Viagra or Cialis for as little as $2 a pill, plus free discreet shipping.
1: 800-709-4409. 800-709-4409. 709 4409 That's
6: 800-709-4409. If I'm going to work from my home office, I need my home office to work for me. It's
12: possible.
14: At Staples. To be most productive, my home office needs to have everything my office office has.
12: Also possible because your local Staples store has the tools your business needs to get work done from home. And right now, you can save up to 40% on select chairs. To put the finishing touch on your home office, explore what's new at Staples. The working and learning store ends 226 in-store only while supplies last.
3: All right, thank you for that. Welcome back to the program. Rick Tittle with you, nationally syndicated out of San Francisco, around the globe on American forces. It's our pleasure to welcome to the show a couple of filmmakers, Stephen Sieg and Jared Drake. They will be having a special screening of their new film entitled Buried, the 1982 Alpine Meadows avalanche. This will be on the 19th at uh, 7 p.m. We'll get more about that in a second. First of all, uh, gentlemen, welcome to the show. Steven, let's start with you. Um, I'm a, a local guy in the Bay Area, East Bay guy. We have a family cabin at uh, Kings Beach. I skied at Alpine many times. I was a senior in high school when this happened. This was a very dramatic. What was it about you guys that you decided to, to make a film about something that happened so long ago?
23: Well, Well, thanks for having us, first of all. But uh, both Jared and I live here in Alpine Meadows, and in fact, I'm sitting at Ground Zero, where uh, the avalanche actually happened. And uh, we just wanted to make sure that we were telling stories from our backyard, and this is probably one of the most important stories um, in the Alpine Meadows community, and beyond, even throughout... The region, and even down to Sacramento, Bay Area, Marin, etc.
3: So, Jared, for people unfamiliar with us, uh, take us through the uh, the story of the avalanche because this did not catch people by surprise, but yet people still perished in it, and and that's why this ended up going to court. What what was the sort of gist behind it?
24: Yeah, a, a massive storm moved in in March 1982, and you know, basically buried the community and our film you know focuses on the ski patrol and how they really fought mother nature as best they could um but on march 31st you know an unprecedented slide that's normally four different slide paths connected and and took out the base area um it buried eight people and and the search went on for days to hopefully find someone alive
3: And, you know, Stephen, as I said, this happened a long time ago, but uh, it's still very raw. These are scars that have not healed for a lot of people, right?
23: That is correct. And it was one of the premises for doing the film as well. We feel that, you know, the project could be cathartic. Um, We just needed people to engage with the project. And, in fact, we did. And through that and through the screenings, we found that the film is is acting as a cathartic process for a lot of people and a lot of our subjects are traveling with us to a lot of these screenings and we're really using it as a spark to the conversation, the bigger conversation of mountain safety and we have a lot of people going into the backcountry and they need to be fully aware of the dangers in the mountains. but. There's still dangers and inherent dangers still at the ski area today. We had a a tragic accident last week, and uh, it just reconfirms that we need to continue our conversations around mountain safety. And our film actually serves beyond the winter community. You know, it's a story about first responders, PTSD, and uh, these are the conversations that we need to be having, especially through this pandemic. And some of the major themes that we touch on are super important to us and our communities uh, on a whole.
24: Yeah, the eye-opening experience for us this past handful of months is showing the film in non-mountain communities with no skiers in the audience and everyone still responding and taking something home with them, um, which is what we always hoped.
3: And that's the other thing, Jared, is that did you run into any people with some pushback uh, as to look, that's too sad to think about, or maybe, Oh, these are some filmmakers. And you know what documentarians do? They try to assess blame, <laughs> you know, we're going to get blamed. Did you get any mm-hmm. of that?
24: We, yeah, there was um, you know, there was a lot of, there was a handful of, of people that questioned why we were doing this. Um, you know, being in the community, we were actually pushed by a handful of those that are in the film to do it because they don't want their story to be lost in the lessons that, that they've learned that they learned in 82, but also since 82 and how they've persevered to be lost. And Sig and I, we have zero at the time at zero interest of in being filmmakers. We have normal day jobs, we have families um, but we felt compelled to do it because we didn't want this this story and the lessons that are gleaned from it to be lost before it's too late and so as we communicated that like genuinely we have zero zero interest we take zero sides we really want to just communicate what happened and what we can learn from it as that came out people got behind it and as they saw that we're not sensationalizing this story they got behind it um, but naturally there's a lot of questions and i would be skeptic too if somebody came to me and said hey i want to make a Part of, I want to make a film about this part of your life. I'd be like, no way,
3: take a hike. <laughs> uh, Stephen. the other thing is, is, you know, lessons need to be learned, not just by the ski patrol, but by resorts when they see the weather. And now we have climate change. I mean, what was learned from that, that was put into practice?
23: Well, climate change is a big, is a big thing that's happening in our environment because, we're getting less snow, but we're getting more uh, violent storms, like what we had in uh, December. You know, we've—I think it was six feet of snow in a couple of days. It ended up being about ten feet after the entire process. But climate change is a big part of what's happening in the in our ski communities, and you know, it's 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 one of those things. I think the '82 storm. I always go to this was one of those moments that we saw climate change because we had a rapid warming event. And in my opinion, that was why the, what triggered the avalanche. So these rapid warming events are something that we see time and time again. And it's scary, but it goes beyond, again, it goes beyond just winter. You know, we're seeing these hurricanes, more tornadoes. We have earthquakes. So this story lends to all of those people that are first responders, et cetera. And it's something that's become very important to us is that conversation.
3: Once again, the California Film Institute special screening, a Saturday at 7 p.m. The film is called Buried, the 1982 Alpine Meadows avalanche. And, uh, Jared, for more info, where can people go?
24: Yeah, you can go to our website, buriedfilm.com. Um, subscribe to our newsletter there. That's pretty much where, um, you know, the newest info comes out, but also our social media channels, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Is, it's at Buried The Movie. Um, so, yeah, all, there, all online. You can find us.
3: All right. There they are. Steven Sieg and Jared Drake, uh, Buried the 1982 Alpine Meadows Avalanche. Gentlemen, congratulations on the film. Thanks for stopping by.
24: Yeah, thanks for having us.
3: Thank you. No doubt. And, um, you know, for... Uh, <laughs> The well, first thing I think of when I, you know, when I bring up uh, disasters at Tahoe ski resorts, way more prevalent in my mind is the Heavenly Valley disaster that happened when I was in junior high because there was a um, a classmate of mine, Ken, that was actually on the gondola that split open and then was stranded. From what I remember, it split open, people fell, some died. He held on. It was the middle of the blizzard, and they were stuck up there forever. That's the one that, that really hit home. And they made a movie of the week about that, too. That was, I think, like less than a year later, ABC had that, like, on their, their movie of the week. there remember disaster movies. And at that time, late 70s, around here, we had Melk, Moscone, White, People's Temple. Uh, not great. All right, when we come back, though, the fabulous Naomi Grossman.
14: In some cases, they have reduced a $50,000 tax bill to less than 1000 If you owe the IRS 5000 or more in back taxes, call now for a free consultation.
1: Call 800-732-9635. 800-732-9635. 800-732-9635. That's 800-732-9635.
10: You spent over a decade in the Middle East, and I just
24: wanted to say... And I'm a great fan of your work. Well, thank you I very much. For don't that. interrupt me, please. Thank you. <laughs> what did
18: I just? You
11: must be crazy. Use a D.O.G. And if you was my man, I would have been kicked you out of my house by now. This is what had happened.
3: Welcome back to Sports Byline USA, Coast to Coast, and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. It's our pleasure to welcome to the show actress Naomi Grossman. She is here in a new romantic comedy that uh, just came out on digital called Bite Me, and this is from Adventure Kid and Blue Firefly Films. Naomi, welcome to the show. And I know you're an alum of the the Groundlings, which I'm a huge fan of. And you think about all the talented people that came through there. How cool was it to be a part of that?
22: Oh, uh, yes, it is very cool. Yeah, it's. Uh, uh, I, I have uh, very fond memories of my time there. <laughs>
3: I just think about anyone who's on the Groundlings or, or Second City, is, is the goal Saturday Night Live or bust? I mean, is that the way it kind of works?
22: Yes. And the fact that I <laughs> didn't get either, <laughs> that, it, it, you know, it devastated me for a while uh, to the point where it's amazing. I even continued on to the point where I would, you know, be invite me and be talking to you. But, you know, I survived.
3: Yeah. And
22: Maybe I'll host one day.
3: <laughs> Maybe. Um, also, uh, a woman of letters, Northwestern, a great school with a great theater program. Did you see yourself as a Shakespearean serious actress at, at, at that time as well?
22: You know, no, not at all. Um, I, I mean, now that I when I think back at my training there. I, I, that's what it was. I mean, I we got a really full education, but I, I did get busted once in an interview, saying something like it was in reference to American Horror Story. I said something like I, you know, never done any drama before. I was so focused on, you know, comedy, particularly you know, sketch and improv at the Groundlings. And, uh, you know, one of my colleagues busted me said, ah, what are you talking about? We did, you know, Ibsen and Chekhov and Shakespeare. Like, you can't tell me you didn't do drama. You know, you <laughs> you were the boss at that. So, yes, I did all that. But um, I think I always felt that this business is so difficult that you really kind of have to figure out what it is that you do best and, and, and get your gimmick and, and just do that and and for a long time, that was just, you know, sketch uh, comedy. And so, you know, I think I've sort of forgotten about <laughs> that Shakespearean time in my life.
3: <laughs> well, playing Pepper on, you mentioned American Horror Story, both Asylum and, and Freak Show and, and, you know, being in two different seasons is pretty amazing. But that's the kind of, of role that, because you're you're good-looking, but that character obviously is the antithesis of good-looking, you really... <laughs> You really leaned into it, didn't you? I mean, you you had to, right?
22: Well, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm a character actress. Like, you know, I know a lot of actors uh, care what they look like. And um, <laughs> it's, it's not that I don't, uh, but I'm, I'm more interested in being... Being the character, not being good looking, you know what I mean. So, if the character is not good looking, well, then I I, I shouldn't be. And what <laughs> although the... every now and then I would have a an actual pimple, which I would ask the makeup <laughs> people to please cover up, and they were like, "Why do you care? Like, we're literally turning you into like the ugliest person on television, and you're worried about some zit?" So.
3: <laughs> well, and... also, you know, there were so many great actors in that series, and. And you were right there with them. And on the one hand, you know, Pepper is just going like, and then next thing you know, Pepper's like, leave the baby alone. Right. You know, like what <laughs> you were taught how to talk, huh?
22: Yeah. I mean, even I was like, wait, so how do you want, like,
18: <laughs> <what>?
22: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I remember literally being in the makeup chair and asking makeup, like, so, when they say she's normal, like, what does that mean? Like, you know, like Dr. Pepper, you know, like Guru Pepper, like, like Naomi, like, what did it, what do you, what do they want? And so they were, would literally be like texting the creators and producers, like, because, you know, and, and yet we were literally rolling like, you know, an hour later. So even I was like, let's get some clarification.
3: <laughs> now, the other thing is, Nowadays, people will be offended by everything. So were there people who said, how dare you make fun of microcephaly or whatever it was?
22: <laughs> microcephalia. Um, I just don't want you to get canceled either. Okay. Um, y- 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 yes and no. I mean, honestly, that was my hugest fear that I would, you know, I would wake up in, like, sweat, for, not sweatpants, just actual, you know, wet sweat uh, because I was, you know, concerned about how people might react.
18: Um,
22: The opposite. I I mean, I wonder now, like, if we did it now, because you're right, people have gotten way more sensitive. But um, no, for the most part, I would say, like, 99.9% of the time, I've been just embraced like you know I mean the same groups that I was worried about offending uh, you know invite me to their functions and and invite me to speak so it's been quite the opposite which is really beautiful
3: I know you've had experience in Argentina and your poster for a girl in Argentine landscape is let's say alluring Uh, for people who don't know, it's full backle nudity. Is that a word? Mm, uh, yes. You look great. Uh, I'm sure people, you got backlash for that too, right?
22: Yeah, um, you know, that picture <laughs> uh, came about when I was actually shooting headshots, uh, ironically, um, uh, and the photographer very creepily kept saying, you know, we should take some nudes. And I thought, you're, you know, you're a dirty old man. Calm down. And then <laughs> then he showed me his book, you know, some really beautiful nudes. And I thought, well, shoot, if, like if that's what you have in mind. So, you know, cut to I'm tearing off my clothes and we're taking nudes. And, and they're beautiful. And so it just so happened that I was producing, you mentioned, my one-woman show, Girl in Argentine Landscape at the time. And I showed the, the, these photos to some friends, and they said, that is your poster. And I said, wow, what, what, what does it have to do with anything? And they said, well, A, you're basically, you're metaphorically naked in this show, which is true. But also, it is set in an art gallery. And this... this this uh, image that you're referring to is art. It's it's like the David. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, all the news we've seen before it. So, um, yeah, I'm not embarrassed of it, obviously, at all, uh-huh. or it wouldn't be on the homepage of my website.
3: Right, but because uh, as Americans, we're always so ashamed. But, uh, no, it's it's fantastic, and you could have parenthetically on that poster, Made You Look.
22: Yeah, well, you know, like I said, I suppose it, it could be misleading. You know, I, it's uh, it's not a porn. It's literally a one-woman <laughs> show. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, when you think about it, I am bearing it all on that stage, and uh, and I bear it all on the poster.
3: Mm-hmm. Very talented. All right, let's talk about Bite Me. It's a great premise. You're a vampire. You get audited by the IRS, and you get a date out of it. <laughs>
22: Well, so I don't get I, I I don't get all that, but yes, Sarah, the character, the uh, the the main protagonist, um, that is indeed her her story. I'm her uh, quirky, imagine that, um, <laughs> sort of firebrand uh, leader of the vampire cult and uh, best friend and roommate. So. Um,
3: Oh, that's right. It's the other. Na- In fact, I had Naomi on my show a couple of weeks ago. Naomi McDougal Jones. Yeah,
2: exactly.
22: Okay. Yeah.
3: And you're you play the quirky. Um, oh, you know who bites who first? I don't know. What advice are you giving?
22: Well, I think I'm probably a little jealous. <laughs> uh, but yes. Yeah. So if you recall, uh, uh, Naomi McDougal Jones's character is, uh, basically falls for the IRS agent that's auditing her. And of course, I'm like, "Are you that stupid? You know, he's a he's a mundane. He's a, you know, he's I mean, he's a IRS nerd. Like, we suck blood, dude. Like,
18: <laughs> you know, <laughs>
22: what are you gonna do on a date? You know what I mean? Math. So, uh, you know, I'm I'm the voice of well reason, um, but she's a hopeless romantic, and it's a rom com. So, there you go.
3: And as we leave you, anything else uh, in the works? Uh, any uh, forks in the fire?
22: Yeah, you know, I've got a, a new one on the show. I don't have a picture for it yet, but you know, I do yoga every day, so I'm, I'm hoping to keep that backside <laughs> ready. Um, the uh, the show is called, wait for it, American Horror Story, wow. uh, with an with a W. And so, yeah, I'm. Um, it's a fan friendly anthology series of uh, tales of self-compromise, hence the whore. So, um, yeah, it's it's a totally autobiographical show. Um, It's pre-pepper, post-pepper, as-pepper. You know, fans are going to really dig it. So I'm excited to share it.
3: There's no one like Naomi Grossman, I can tell you that. So check her (laughs) out. (laughs) It's true. Invite me. Uh, available now from Adventure Kid and Blue Firefly Films Digital. Naomi, uh, thanks for coming by, and congratulations on what you got going.
22: Uh, Thank you so much. Appreciate
3: it. All right. I'm Rick Tittle. We'll take a quick break. Come on back on Sports Bar.
15: we got a party of 10 coming in. And we need to flip those two tables. Leah's restaurant is fully booked night after night. Section 3 is still behind. She no longer has reservations about finally finding a hostess. Why doesn't 23 have menus? Oh, they are in my hand. Indeed can help her hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. Instant Match instantly connects you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your sponsored job description. Visit indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply.
3: Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. Blue Chew's tablets combat all forms of ED and can help men gain extra confidence when it's time to perform. No visits to the doctor, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy, and it ships right to your door. The process is simple. Sign up at bluechew.com. Consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. Blue Chew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right prescription. Blue Chew's tablets are chewable, and they're made in the USA. They prepare and ship directly, so it's cheaper than a pharmacy. Plus, there's a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code SPORTS at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com promo code SPORTS to receive your first month free. How do you
15: make the most of your land?
11: Rick Tittle ate 200 chicken wings at your mama's house last night. Now back to Fat Boy.
3: Uh, That hurts my feelings. Welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you, nationally syndicated out of San Francisco, around the planet, on American Forces Radio. It's our pleasure to welcome to the show stand-up comedian Sophie Buttle, and uh, she's going to be at the fantastic Helium Indianapolis uh, Friday, Saturday. Get on in there and uh, get some tickets. Go to heliumcomedy.com. And, uh, Sophie, welcome to the show. And um, I got to say, your website, sophiebuttlecomedy.com, I love the bio. It, it just says famous.
2: Yeah, I mean, I feel like that covers a lot. Yeah. Um.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Although I got to say, somebody's got to crack on because I I looked at your tour and it says no events at the moment. I mean, come on.
2: I know. My boyfriend and I just do my website and we are not on top of it. In fact, I had my personal phone number on there for a really long time. And then the past couple of weeks, I've been getting some really psychotic text messages (laughs) So I reach, I'm, I'm removing information at this point. I'm not putting information into it.
3: I bet you you could get some flunky or some college kid. Just give them $20 a week to update that stuff.
2: Okay. I mean, well, this let's make this an ad for that then. If anybody's <laughs> interested in <laughs> doing my website, I pay very low. But <laughs> Now, uh, cr- yeah. cr- Now
3: correct me if you're wrong. Uh, John Dora is a, a buddy of mine. He's been on the show many times. Did you, Have you opened for him?
2: Yeah, I've opened for him a lot, actually. Yeah. I did his uh, show hum- Humor Resources, too. I don't know I, I don't know
18: if I was just
3: Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, you know, it, it's funny is that, you know, Canada, we always, as an American, we always think of them as, you know, chill and super friendly. And you guys have just as many guns as us, but you don't shoot <laughs> each other with them. And yet now with the truckers and the mm-hmm. shutting down the border, what's going on up there?
20: Oh,
2: my gosh. Well, it's so funny because, like, the truckers are out protesting the, the mandates and they're all into freedom now, which is not usually something in the Canadian vernacular. We don't really talk about freedom as much as Americans do. But it's, like, so funny for them to go out and protest the mandates now because they're about to end anyway. Like, the numbers are going down. And so now as stuff starts getting lifted, like, they're celebrating. They think that they did it. But they're just—they just, just did it right before it's going to happen anyway.
3: <laughs> uh, by the way, I heard you say about like an American. Is that intentional, or is that how you always say it?
2: Oh yeah, I've been studying for years. <laughs> I'm ready for the big game. <laughs> yeah, I
3: remember Mike Myers said he had to stop saying "bean" and say "been." Where have you guys been?
2: Oh, been. Yeah, I think the one that somebody just caught me on was I was talking about my mom mm. and. And I guess
3: it's now. It's I gotta do a hard mom. <laughs> <laughs> I I take that out of context. You gotta do a hard mom. <laughs> I
2: mean, I was trying to do hard mom. You know?
3: <laughs> where are my milf fans at? <laughs> oh, where are you at, girl? Um, <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I've talked to so many comedians that that uh, wait forever to get JFL, and for people who don't know it's just for laughs. It's Montreal, and it can it can really help your career and they only take so many and, and uh, sometimes they'll tell you you're close. try again next year. What was it like to finally get that?
2: Oh, well I got it the first time when I think I was like 21. Wow. And I've done it, I've done it quite a few times. I'm, I'm doing it this summer also, actually they haven't, they haven't um, announced it yet, but I'm doing the nasty show this year, which is more appropriate for me. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm excited about that. But yeah, just for laughs is really cool. Like, It's kind of weird because it's held in Montreal, and I don't know how much you know about French-Canadian comedy, but it's so weird. Like, it's a lot of, like, goofy hats and stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. And, um, but, you know, it's the comedy capital of the world, so it kind of gives it a little bit of weight.
3: And where did you grow up in uh, Canada?
2: Um, I tell people I grew up in Vancouver, but I'm from Ottawa. Ottawa's just kind of sucked. <laughs> but, well, uh, yeah, it, the official statement is Vancouver.
3: Yeah, that's where that's where John Doerr's from. Tom Green told me to not say Ottawa to say Ottawa. Is, <laughs> have you heard that?
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, actually a lot of great, great comics are from, like, yeah, Tom Green and uh, John Doerr. I think John Doerr went to the same high school as me, actually, obviously, like, 45 years earlier. <laughs> um,
3: 45. <laughs> well, why do you want to pretend you're from B.C. then?
2: Oh, it's just cooler. Like, I moved there when I finished high school, and so I've been there my whole adult life. And it's just a bit cooler to be a West Coast girl. It implies that I hike. Um, Ottawa's just not really got anything going on.
3: It's just the capital of Canada. It's got nothing. <laughs>
2: Especially right now with all the truckers not interested. Right.
3: Well, what do you think about Trudeau?
2: Well, I don't really like him, but it's like it's tough to not like him because then people that are conservative think that you're on their side, but we have like many parties in Canada. So Mm -hmm. I'm an NDP supporter, which is like sort of the Bernie bro progressive party in Canada. So like since coming to the States, I don't really feel like there's a party for me because the, the progressives here don't really, um, you know, get very much done.
3: (laughs) I know get in line when you only have two parties. It's uh, the nuances. Yeah. It's really ridiculous couple more questions uh, for Do Sophie. Do you think
2: America will ever have uh, more parties?
3: No. No? <laughs> <It's> too complicated? <laughs> I, I don't think in our lifetimes. I don't know. Maybe after the great glacial melt. I don't know. Something <laughs> something would have to happen.
2: What? We don't, we're going to have to wait three whole years? <laughs>
3: hey, good one. And by <laughs> the way, I remember speaking with Brett Laurie. He was a, a baseball player um, when he was on the Oakland A's, and I was asking him about playing hockey and he said I'm from BC we play baseball and soccer we don't play hockey and I'm like yeah I never thought of that
2: yeah sure I was a soccer girl my whole life growing up and um my boyfriend just got a ticket to the LA Galaxy so I'm pretty excited about that I'm a big soccer fan
3: now do you me too do you have an American boyfriend or Canadian
2: I have a Canadian boyfriend but I've imported him (laughs) to
3: America as well (laughs) all right so you're not a sellout
2: no, yeah, like,
3: no, first
2: shot. Got to keep it pure, you
3: know? All right. Well, you know, we, we all love Norm MacDonald, but I heard him one time saying, ah, Canada, it's a country of very little importance. I don't even want to talk about it anymore. Like, did that, <laughs> th- 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 does that make you, because I know for show business, and it's not just Canadians, everybody, they go to mm-hmm. New York or L.A., and, you know, that's where the eyeballs are at, and that's where the cash is at. Mm -hmm. So what about the dichotomy of that? Because I remember traveling through Europe in college and the Canadians had maple leaves all over everything.
2: Yeah. Well, in Europe, you're just trying to show that you're not American. Europeans don't like Americans, obviously. Mm -hmm. Good thing. But I, I mean, I still love Canada. Like, I think it's like weird to be patriotic because I don't really have any power over the country, but I like, I like where I grew up and, yeah, totally. Like, I came here to get a little bit more money, but I'm still talking about Canada a lot. I, I do find myself lying to Americans about Canada just because, because nobody cares. Everyone just believes you right away.
3: Well, so, so, so did you yeah. care when true patriot love and all thy sons command changed to an all of us command? Did you care one way or the other?
2: I mean, I didn't
3: even learn that, so it seems like not really. <laughs> uh, oh, who is the comedian? Uh, I want to give him credit, and I can't remember, but he said it's boring up there. Even the national anthem is, oh, Canada. <laughs>
2: That's a good
3: joke. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say feel free to steal it, but you, you don't want to be Mencia, right?
2: No, I don't. I'm and I'm trying. You know, I don't really do Canada material except for letting the crowd know that I'm scared of Americans.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I remember a uh, when Letterman did a top ten list. He had the differences, but top ten difference between the the Canadian Football League and and the NFL. And you know, one of them was in the NFL. One of the teams are the Bears, and in Canada, all the fans are Bears. <laughs> I like very that cute. And the yeah. CFL, by the way, if you didn't know this, they had eight teams and two of them were called Rough Riders at the same I time.
2: I know. It was insane because it's like, what even are Rough Riders? It's not even like it was like the Maple Leafs that there were a ton of, like the Rough Riders. <laughs> it was maybe, so annoying. maybe
3: there should be a grammatically correct team and be the Maple Leaves.
2: Oh, that would be a good rival.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I believe one Rough Rider they told me, Well, it's one word Rough Riders, the other team is two words. I'm like, Oh, okay.
2: Yeah obviously.
3: <laughs> so um, your career is, as you know, now you're headlining great clubs like Helium. Um, what about yeah. yeah? What about TV, movies, streaming? There are so many opportunities now, right?
2: Yeah, I'm, I kind of just moved here. I'm just sort of getting settled. So I only have three movies in production right now, unfortunately, <laughs> but hoping to expand that number. But it's very great. Like, it's, it's really cool. I, I'm kind of just doing the rounds meeting everybody and and pitching some stuff. And I really like it because, you know, I've I've been doing comedy for 12 years in Canada, and I've really done everything there is to do there. The feeling is like, you know,
3: I've done all the festivals
2: there. I've written on shows. Yeah. You
3: look like you're 12. How can you have been doing it for 12 years?
2: Oh, my God, stop. That's. I mean, it's not true, but also go on. Well, and
3: the other thing is too. With my last name Tittle and your last name Buttle. I sort of feel like you're a second cousin thrice removed.
2: Oh my god! Totally funny. Funny last names are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? When did you get bullied? As I, I can't even.
3: Well, let's see. The word tit is in there.
2: Oh, okay. So. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. I get buttle sounds like butthole. So <laughs> that's what I mostly receive. <laughs> I was
3: thinking bud, buddy, but, yeah, buttle, Sophie butthole, yeah. Yeah,
2: and my grandpa's real first name is Harry, so we have— <laughs> No. It's true. It's his literal first name, and he goes by it. So
3: oh. It's a tough life. My yeah. grandfather was Phil McCracken, and he really <laughs> had—no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, everybody, make sure to go to heliumcomedy.com if you're in the hub city Friday night, eight o'clock. That's tomorrow night. Saturday, a couple of shows, eight and 1030. See the fab Sophie Butthole. Uh, Sophie Buttle, make sure to <laughs> check her out. Sophie dot on a website that needs some work. But the, Thank ta- you, <laughs> the talent needs no work. Thanks for coming on, Sophie.
2: Thanks so much for
3: having me. Yeah, if you're in San Francisco, come by. We'd love to have you in the studio. I will.
2: I'll see you
3: soon. All right, good stuff. I'm Rick Tittle. Come on back on Sports Violet.
5: 1759.
25: yeah we're not gonna fall for a banana in the tailpipe
26: you're not gonna fall for the banana in the tailpipe (laughs) it should be more natural brother it should flow out like this look man i ain't falling for no banana in my tailpipe
11: Tittle ate 200 chicken wings at your mama's house last night. Now, back to Fat Boy.
3: Ah, it hurts my feelings. It really does. (laughs) Um, I have a saying, and that is, always take a litter bag in your car. If it gets filled, just toss it out. Wait, that's Steve Martin. Now, I have a saying in sports, and that is if someone offers you a $100 million contract, you sign yes. That was what was offered to Tim Lincecum. He said no to the Giants. He ended up making... Sixty million. He did two more years with the Giants to get forty, and then he got another twenty million after that. So he got an extra sixty. I don't feel sorry for him. Uh, Francisco Lindor, when he was with Cleveland, was offered a hundred million, and he said no. I think he's doing all right. But I bring that up because there was a report yesterday that Juan Soto, <clears throat> who I think is the best player in baseball, and I think a lot of people agree with me, got a thirteen-year $350 million extension offered by the Washington Nationals. Now, here's the thing. It's really a 10-year extension because he's just now going into his first Arb year. He has three more years under team control, but $350 million And uh, and... <laughs> This was from Enrique Rojas from ESPN. Soto told him, quote, yes, they made me the offer a couple of months ago before the lockout we have in baseball, but right now me and my agents thinks it's a best option to go year after year and wait for a free agency. My agent, Scott Boris, is in control of the situation. That's basically 10, it is 10 million more then Tatis got with one year less. And now Soto is, of course, closer to free agency than Tatis. Um, arbitration is going to give him about $16 million this year. So uh, assuming that he makes 16 and then 24 and then probably 30 then he'll be a free agent at 26, the same age Harper was and so if you sign Soto as a free agent you get four years of his 20s that's almost unheard of they said you got three with Machado so what would he get then 500 million just take the three you could break your kneecaps getting off a bus 350 million dollars just not just take it just take it we have another hour so come on back
4: USA Radio News with John Hunt. With
20: prices at the pump continuing to rise by more than 40% over the last 12 months, the Biden administration is now saying they're expected to rise again because of Russia's potential invasion of Ukraine. Speaking on Newsmax, Republican John Thune says that President Joe Biden is responsible for those rising prices. The
21: first thing this president does when he gets into office is to shut down the Keystone XL pipeline, a project that would allow us to get energy from a friendly neighbor, Canada, and transport it across the United States to make it available where they need to help fill the, the gap in the uh, supply out there for the demand that's out there.
20: Thune said the increases disproportionately affect low- and middle-income families. The FBI is teaming up with the Justice Department to launch a new initiative aimed at identifying companies that are exploiting supply chain disruptions in the U.S., making increased profits in violation of federal antitrust laws. This is USA Radio News.
21: Water. It's essential to life. But it's also something that so many of us here in America take for granted. Imagine how different your life would be without access to clean water in your home. What if you had to walk to the nearest creek, stream, lake, or pond to get water? Suddenly, going to work and school wouldn't be an option because you and your children would have to spend your days collecting water. This is the day-to-day reality of most families living in the world's poorest countries. But what if I told you that you can change that reality for just pennies a day? Through our water projects, Food for the Poor is working to meet the need for water in 17 impoverished countries. But it won't happen without you. Incredibly, it only takes $15 to provide a child access to clean water for life. $15. Decades and decades of access to water for a child. Give the life-changing gift of water now. Just text USA Radio To 91999. Text USA Radio, all one word, to 91999.
20: The CDC may be loosening guidelines, but that story, here's USA's Katie Lewis.
12: The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is expected to loosen guidance on indoor masking as early as next week. This as COVID-19 cases and hospitalizations continue to drop. In a press briefing on Wednesday, CDC Director Rochelle Walensky said the agency is examining new metrics for relaxing pandemic guidance, including masks, and would deliver that updated guidance soon. In the USA Radio News Midwest Bureau, I'm Katie Lewis.
20: Lawmakers are running out of time once again. Again to pass a short-term funding extension to avoid a government shutdown tonight. It remains unclear when the Senate will vote on the continuing resolution, which will keep the government open by extending funding, but only through March 11th. Complicating matters further, some Democrats are absent due to personal and family reasons, causing concern the party may be short of the votes they need to defeat any Republican amendments. This is USA Radio News.
10: You've heard us talk about the luxurious Giza Dream sheets for MyPillow. Well, now they're on sale, 60% off as low as $39.99. Lots of other overstock items and a free copy of Mike Lindell's book, What Are the Odds from Crack Addict to CEO, with any purchase. But you've got to use my promo code USA. Go to MyPillow.com, the radio listener square. Use my promo code USA or call one 800 Nine five one eight one seven
20: five. SEVERAL MAJOR U.S. AIRLINES ARE NOW ASKING THE FEDERAL GOVERNMENT TO CREATE A COORDINATED NO-FLY LIST FOR VIOLENT AND DISRUPTIVE PASSENGERS. TRANSPORTATION SECRETARY PETE BUTTIGIEG SAYS THE GOVERNMENT IS LOOKING INTO IT. Uh, LOOK, uh, THE AIRLINES ARE OFTEN DOING
19: THEIR OWN INTERNAL NO-FLY LIST. SOME OF THEM HAVE SPOKEN ABOUT MAYBE COORDINATING ON THAT. AND uh, WE'RE LOOKING AT THESE POLICY RECOMMENDATIONS AS WELL. THE FAA HAS A ZERO TOLERANCE POLICY. Uh, Fines have been increased. Enforcement has been increased. But let's be very clear. This is happening at an unacceptable rate. Anything besides zero is an unacceptable rate.
20: More than 500 unruly passenger incidents have been reported in the first six weeks of 2022, according to new data from the Federal Aviation Administration, and at least 80 incidents have been referred to the Justice Department to consider criminal prosecution. Negotiations aimed at ending Major League Baseball's lockout will resume today. The Players Association notified management that it's ready to respond to the offer that MLB made last week. Baseball's ninth work stoppage, the first since 1995, enters its 78th day, one day after spring training workouts were scheduled to start. There's very little chance exhibition games will start as scheduled on February 26th, and the work stoppage now threatens opening day on March 31st. Given the need for 21 to 28 days of training and additional time to report and go through COVID-19 protocols an agreement by the end of February is needed for an on-time start for USA radio news I'm John Hunt
23: I am a non-attorney spokesperson representing a team of lawyers who've helped people that have been injured or wronged if you've had a revision or removal surgery of a hernia mesh implant after 2008 pay close attention to this message
1: That's 800-817-2968
22: Rick Tittle knows his sports. I hate that guy. I love that guy. Oh my gosh, he's so fine. Rick Tittle brings home the bacon, fries it up in a pan, and then he eats it.
2: Ricky T in the hizzle for shizzle, biznatch.
3: Thank you for that, and welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you. We're going to talk a little cricket. Who else does in American radio? Um, Let me check. No one ever. Only here, baby. Ali Sadiq, very funny stand-up comic, will join us as well in about a half hour. I think it's interesting to hear these reports. Jeremy Fowler of ESPN said that uh, Deshaun Watson is now saying that the Buccaneers and Vikings might be good fits for him. He originally kept saying Miami, and uh, reportedly they were in talks about acquiring, but remember Stephen Ross, the owner, how long will he be the owner now? said, not while there's uh, lawsuits and criminal charges. Well, the criminal investigation is ongoing. How many civil lawsuits? 22. And these aren't, hey, I painted my house, or I painted the guy's house he never paid me, or I dropped him off in the Uber and I didn't get paid. These are sexual harassment slash assault civil lawsuits. And I believe one has already been settled, if memory serves. So when I see and look, this is a guy at 26, who's one of the best quarterbacks in the world. He just is. He led the NFL in passing the last time he played. But I mean, he, there's some saying. Look, all right. Let's say it is the Vikings. If if he could get rid of Kirk Cousins, Quaysi Adolfo Mensa, the new GM there, and bring in. Uh, Watson talent wise, you do it, but who's going to, who's going to bring in Watson at this point with all that hanging over his head. And he might even be on the inactive list from Goodell, the commissioner. So this is sort of like a guy on, the, I'm, I remember when I was in college and, uh, lady die came on the TV and this guy that was in my frat house, he was like naked under overalls with a horrible beard. You know, ugly, unshowered, and he goes, "Lady Die." I think I like her. I'm like, oh great, yeah. Tell Lady Die. Sort of like tell the Vikings and the uh, and the Buccaneers that Deshaun Watson wants to come over. I don't think it's going to happen. That's just me. I'm Ray Tuttle. Come on back.
4: And now an important message from Exergen. A critical new FDA study proves that non-contact thermometers are not accurate. They also have inaccurate information on their labels regarding accuracy. New COVID strains are on the rise, and non-contact manufacturers are being irresponsible at a time when accuracy matters. Accurate temperature measurements are essential. Switch to Exergen because they are accurate and backed by over 100 clinical studies. Be sure, be accurate with Exergen. Learn more at exergen.com.
1: That's 800-905-7186.
15: How long does it take
9: to tackle a home project? With Angie, you could cross it off your list before this ad is over. Just tell us what you need, indoor, or outdoor, repair, or redesign, and we handle the rest, sending a top pro to get it done. You don't have to lift a finger, except to tap the screen or click the mouse. Plus, Angie is free to use. So bring us your next home project, and we'll bring it home. Download the app or go to Angie.com. That's ANGI.com to get started.
16: Right now, sports betting is the fastest-growing industry in the world. To consistently cash tickets at the sports books, it's best to be armed with the right plays from the best sports bettors in the business. That's what you'll get at AgainstTheNumber.com. At AgainstTheNumber.com, you'll get specialists with decades of experience betting multiple sports at a high level and many sports specific packages from the NFL to college basketball to cricket to soccer to the European Tour that gives you a consistent edge on the sports book. For a highly skilled, reasonably priced team of premium sports handicappers focused on one thing and one thing only beating the books at their own game. Visit againstthenumber.com. That's against the number.com.
7: Titillating Sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle is a genius. The best show ever. He's so wonderful. Genius. The best show ever. He's so wonderful. Titillating sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle is so handsome. He's a genius.
3: All right. Thank you for that. Welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. It's 11:12 out here in San Francisco. That means it's time to check in with one of the prognosticators from againstthenumber.com, which is a highly skilled team of premium sports handicappers focused on one thing and one thing only: beating the sports books at their own game. They cover every sport worldwide, from the NFL to college basketball to soccer to cricket to tennis to European hockey, and all of them are proven winners. They offer full season, end of current season, one month, one week, one day, and one year, specialist-specific packages. Their prices are reasonable. Their tracking and distribution process is simple, and their results are real. And I think I can read that open in my sleep by now. Let's go to our buddy, John Wright. He's always right. And he's here to talk about cricket. John, welcome to the show. Before we get into it, I remember... uh, all the time I've spent in uh, England, people used to talk a lot about Ian uh, e. Botham and what a great athlete he was. He was a talented footballer. He could golf. He could skeet shoot. He could do just about everything. And of course, uh, a great uh, cricketer. And now I think a, an MBE or even better, an OBE, I guess. So, what, what do you think about Ian Botham?
27: Yeah, hi Rick. Hi Rick, how you doing? Yeah, me um, yeah, and both of is is a l- cricketing legend in England. I mean, uh, he's um, what he achieved in 1981, going back a long time now, where he effectively beat the Australians on his own. You know, he he scored an amazing century when England were down and out, and then he bowled the Australians out uh, to win the Test match, uh, and then on, eventually to win the series, he did it. In, he effectively did it in two back-to-back Test matches. Yeah, he, he's a legend. I mean, he, he's took over 300 test wickets, brilliant batsman, brilliant bowler, great pair of hands, uh, and then he on, went on to be a, a great commentator on TV. So, yeah, I mean, um, if you look back on, 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 on cr- English cricketers over the last 50 years, Ian Botham will be right up there as, as one of the legends of the game, yeah, for sure.
3: I remember when I was in England, this had to be maybe, geez, 20 years ago now, um, yeah. Nasser Hussain was the captain and I remember uh, they were talking about uh, just the diversity and how great it was as you guys would say that an Asian uh, uh, was a, a captain of the uh, of the England team is that something that that still to this day um, would make headlines
27: uh, not so much now I mean I think I think we, we are in this country tackling diversity 20 years ago in mean, Nasser I actually went to school with that, so he's the same age as me. And he's, um, really? he's good. He's yeah, he's a very, very good cricketer. Um, but but obviously since since then, in the last twenty years, England have had um, and got now. You know, they've got a lot of um, black and uh, Asian players in the team. I mean, our best, our best, arguably our best white ball spin bowlers, uh, Mo uh, Moeen Ali and um, Adil Rashid, are both um, of Asian of Asian background, even though they were born in this country. So. Yeah, I think it's it's one of those things. I mean, I, I think with cricket being so popular in India and in Asia, um, consequently, you're going to get a lot of um, immigrant um, p- people that play globally, really. So, I mean, in, in all these franchises around the world, you know, you'll see a, a European team playing somewhere in Scandinavia, and they're, they're guaranteed that some of the some of the players in that team will be be of Asian descent. So, I think it's um, yeah, it's, it's it's one of the sports that definitely tackles diversity, well, definitely has tackled diversity over the last 10 to 15 years uh, quite well.
3: You know, and just real quick about Ian Botham, because he played uh, for uh, Scunthorpe United in Yeovil Town. and th- I think it was one was non-league at the time, but wh- what to you is more impressive, Scunny or the Glovers?
27: I think he was a better, if I remember rightly, I'm just going back a long time now, Rick, I think he was a better goal scorer at Scunthorpe. But I mean, Achieving what he did then. Yeah, no, I,
3: I, the- I mean for you, which team is more impressive to say you have played for?
27: Oh well, sorry for me. Uh, well, Scunthorpe was struggling at the moment, even <laughs> though they win the championship a few years ago. <laughs> I mean, Scunthorpe—they're both—they're both pretty mediocre. I'll be honest with you, Rick. But if I had to choose between the two, I'd rather play for Scunthorpe than Yeovil.
3: Got you. All right, let's talk about uh, headlines. Um, New Zealand's Henry stunning South Africa. What happened?
27: Well, it's amazing, really. I mean, uh, the Test Series cited last night between New Zealand and, and South Africa. South Africa have come off the back of beating India at home in a Test Series and, and a one-day series against New Zealand. They've gone away to New Zealand and the first day of the Test match, New Zealand have asked them to bat and uh, South Africa were bowled out for 95 and that's their lowest score since 1932 to put into context. And, and Matt Henry, the scene the bowler, took seven of those ten wickets. So, yeah, I mean... And uh, after the first day's play, New Zealand are 116 for free. So, effectively, South Africa are massively on the back foot in that game. And I'd be surprised if uh, New Zealand don't win that comfortably within three days. But um, home advantage in cricket, especially in test cricket, is huge. You've got the conditions definitely suit the home teams. And that's what's happened in the last couple of years. So, I mean, England, England going away, Australia have been hopeless in the last 20 years and and a lot of these sides are better at home than they are away
3: you know i'm seeing a lot of transactions in the headlines Worcestershire signed the Pakistani batter Azhar Durham signed the South African batter Peterson Hampshire signed the Aussie McDermott for T20 Blast is this like a a time of uh, as we would say free agency
27: yeah i mean listen we just had the IPO auction i mean the IPO auction just happened in in a couple of weeks well last weekend and like you know, seventy-three million dollars was spent over two hundred players. Uh, Sixty-seven of them for overseas. You know, there's players there that have gone for like two million dollars, and, and that's and, and the IPL is just you know it's it's only a month in in the cricketing calendar. So what you have what's happening now, Rick, is that cricketers are becoming mercenary. They're traveling the world. They're playing all these franchise leagues all around the world. And they're picking up, you know, they're picking up large checks. So um, I think that's probably going to be a little bit damning when it comes to international cricket. Because I think what's happening is the players are are becoming more mercenary. So they'd rather go around and play, um, you know, whether it's county cricket or whether it's uh, you know in South Africa or the IPL, Pakistan. Eventually there'll be a league. There'll be a league in New York. I think I'll keep telling you that. So I think these guys are just just going around and playing all these franchises around the world.
3: You know, last time we talked, which was a while ago, we were talking about uh, Essex County and uh, John Farragher resigned. There was an uh, allegation he used racist language in a meeting five years ago, and I thought maybe that wouldn't be a headline anymore, but finding out today that the England and Wales Cricket Board uh, have now charged him, this is something that's uh, not going away. What do you think is going to happen?
27: Yeah, listen, it's it's what the way the world is, sadly, with with social media now. Um, You know, people are. I mean, you, you got to remember these guys are fairly old. Probably said something out of context in a ballroom, five or six. Well, as you say, two, I think the, the allegations were 2017, weren't they? So, yeah. I mean, what 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 was probably acceptable in 2017 is probably not acceptable now. I'm not I'm not making an excuse for it, Rick. It was probably un, unsuitable and maybe out of character, but. Sadly, that's what cricket's going through. It's it's, it's correcting itself. Um, you know, a lot of these clubs now are going to be politically correct. They're going to, there's going to be elements of, of, of black and Asian. Uh, you know, they're going to ad- address uh, disabled cricket, women's cricket. So, yeah, I mean, I suppose in the long run, the world we live in, it'll be great because, you know, the 100, which is a big franchise in this country, it's going to be in its second year this year. Has a women's franchise, uh, and there'll be a, there'll be an IPL women's franchise shortly. So, I think I think it's just the way of the world, really, Rick. And uh, be sad that people get charged like what they said five years ago. When possibly five years ago they, they would have got away with it, but now in this social media world where things can be dug up, it's you know has to be, has to be brought to account, I suppose.
3: Or if people have grown, you know, and they've they've changed Absolutely. their ways. Yeah. Um, last question for you. Like when I look at the the weekend and you have the Pakistani Super League, the South Africa 2020, New Zealand One Day Cup, is this something that you're on your your dish tuning into all this stuff or are you trying to stay more local?
27: No, no, I try and watch as much as I can. I mean, I'd say the New Zealand, I mean, New Zealand's what, they're, they're a few hours in front of us. I mean, that test match will start in a couple of, or two or three hours. I'll be watching a bit of that before I go to bed and then I'll get up tomorrow and I'll watch a bit of... Uh, Pakistan Premier League um, mid afternoon. I try and watch as much as I can, but I mean, it it does get to the point where there's there's so much going on. You could literally watch cricket twenty four seven if you wanted to, as you said. South African T Twenty leagues going on. That's something I don't particularly watch, but I mean, I could do. It's it's one of those things that you know you could you could you could watch cricket twenty four seven, and I think it's only going to get there's only going to be more of it. To be honest with
3: you. Nobody knows more about cricket around these parts than our guest, John Wright. Make sure to check him out at AgainstTheNumber.com. John, great to talk to you, and uh, cheers, mate. Yeah, take care.
27: take care, Rick. Cheers, mate. Bye. All
3: right. I'm Rick Tittle. We'll come on back. we got some open lines. 1-800-878-PLAY. Who's watching? Tell me who's watching?
27: Who's
25: watching me?
1: When
0: do broadcasters go too far? Where does hilarity stop and vulgarity
4: begin?
2: I remember how it all began I used to sing dirty raps to my east side fans Back then, I knew you couldn't stop this rap No MC could rock like that In the style came to base.
11: Don't ask Rick Tittle to bring it, because it already done got brought.
3: It's gotten brought in, one eight hundred, eight seven eight play, and we got our buddy Armand on the horn. What's going on?
26: Oh Rick. Well, I'll tell you what's not going on. Uh the Warriors winning games as of late. Um last night was disgusting. I know teams hit lows throughout the season and all, but just seeing them lose some of these games and the defense has really gone down. The three-point defense is atrocious. So many little things to nitpick about. Um, I got to say with Steph Curry, he has been very disappointing this season. Um, Another one for seven three-point shooting game after having a nice 8-for-13 game against the Clippers, and they lost that game, too, so it didn't matter. But I don't see Steph in games like this consistently taking over enough in certain aspects that he needs to. And I know he shot the ball well from inside the three, and he had the three-point player. You thought that that was going to be a win, but I figured we'd blow it giving up a three-pointer. And he is so... Aston-minded defensively in late-game situations. The same thing against Indiana where he gave up the three to tie the game and then we lose in overtime. In the play-in game against the Lakers, he drifts far off away from LeBron, well behind the three-point line, loses track of him, and allows a three-point shot. Instead of sticking closer to LeBron to where he doesn't really have a good enough chance to get that shot off because the shot clock is actually winding down on KCP. And if he didn't have that opening to pass it to LeBron, he, who knows what he would have been able to do. Bottom line is, um, you know, Steph has got to play more at an MVP level. Uh, Clay, yeah, there's rustiness there, but I think Clay at times gets greedy trying to prove he can still do it with some of the shots he's taken. But just overall, you know, I don't like this team's arrogance when it comes to the big man because you knew James Wiseman was recovering in the off season. I don't know why they didn't add a big man knowing that Wiseman was going to be entering the season, not starting the season, entering the season, and you only had Looney, who had never done what he's doing right now, which is play every game. So, you know, it's a rut. They'll get out of it. But we got to be honest with some of the things that we've been seeing that has been lingering all year
18: long. What do you think?
3: No, yeah, it's fair points. Um, I'm not going to say I've been disappointed with, with Curry all year. Um, it was, you know, a, a punch in the gut last night when that guy got to take a wide-open three and he, and he drained it. I mean, I was shocked. I thought the Warriors had that game completely in the bag. Um, but let me ask you this, because I was just thinking about it when you were talking. Whatever happened to Alan Smiley-Geach?
26: <laughs> uh, he's, uh, well, hacking uh, uh, groceries somewhere? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> the guy's stunk. I mean, like for all the Warrior fans who talk about, oh, we go to get rid of Rose, but you know, you're stuck with Alan Smiley-Geach for two years. If you could stick with Smiley-Geach for two years, who shouldn't have been here, you can stick with Wiseman. Um, you know, Rick, I just think that this team falls in love with playing small so much. This is still a tall man's sport, right? Like, the NBA is still meant for the tallest people in the world to play. And I don't think that just because you have a unique advantage when you go small, that it's something that you rely on doing too much. Even when we won championships, we had Bogut, and we had Azili, and then we had Verazal. We had three bigs. You had David West, Pachulia, and JaVale McGee. Wouldn't it be nice to have a JaVale McGee right now? I mean, like, Lisa, I mean, that guy has really gone down here after his nice start. Mm-hmm. But defensively, I mean, he's so easy to score on. It's pathetic. You can't put him out there. If he's not shooting his threes right, he's kind of useless. But I, I just think that with the Warriors, man, you you got to get more out of Steph. I'm sorry. I have been disappointed. He had one month, the month of November, where he shot the ball pretty well. Other than that, December, January, he sucked. Then two weeks in October, he actually was only shooting about 42 to 43% from the field. Uh, February has been a bounce-back month, 49% in seven or eight games so far. But he's still shooting under, like, 38 to 37% from three, which for other people is great. But for him, no. We hold him to a higher standard. And these are the type of games where he needs to be at his best because you don't have Draymond. You don't have Iguodala. Uh, it was too many one-for-sevens, three-for-fourteens, 5 for 16. Like it's It's too many of those games, 59 games into the season. Where are the – Six for eleven games, more than eight for thirteens to balance it out. Like last night would have been a good time to just be three for seven and you win that game, and it don't matter. Three for seven, that's forty-two percent. That's okay.
3: Well, Four listen, for seven it, you know, as we like in football, we we blame the quarterback sometimes, or we give him too much credit. Without Steph, I mean, I mean, with Draymond hurt they you're right i mean they they don't really have a plan in the paint and that loss the other night to uh who was it uh just to watch them they they couldn't the clappers it was somebody else they couldn't yeah. buy a rebound oh it was uh new york uh, yeah. oh yeah, and, we, yeah and it was just so disappointing cuz the nets the nicks stink and it's just you couldn't buy a rebound cuz everybody was our height and so <laughs> <laughs> but i, I still you know we're so used to Steph just putting us on his back and carrying us and and so i'm i'm not as down as him as you are i mean look last night it sucked and and you know he he knows he messed up but uh i just i i'm just sort of thinking look when 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 Draymond's healthy and and we needed him more than i thought we did to be honest with you i was kind of discounting his yeah. importance But I kind of feel like when everybody's healthy and Clay gets more in tune, we're going to be all right. And call me myopic, but I kind of feel like it's going to be all right.
26: No, and and look, whenever you lose, it's just like in baseball. A team could be on a run for a month, and then they have that weak stretch where you lose five out of seven, and, you know, you worry about it. I just think in the Warriors' case, being that we're 59 games in, there are some things that have been lingering all season that just kind of bother me, and they really show up in games like you know, the last five or six games. Even in that nine-game win streak, Steve Kerr acknowledged defensively we worked that sharp. Um, I, I really think that we definitely need Draymond, but uh, I, I think that what really bothers me about this team is there are certain moments that I feel they don't really take control of. Like when Steph Curry missed that three and Andrew Wiggins has the rebound right there, what is this half-ass attempt to tap the ball? I mean, like, shouldn't you, like, run after that thing hard like your life depended on it and secure the rebound? Like, the rebound was right there, and we're not even in this situation. Like, there are just a, a few things here and there that I see from this team that, I'm like, you know what, that shouldn't happen for a team that's as good as it is. And I'm sorry. I hold this team to a very high standard because I know what they're capable of. And I just know that with Steph Curry, he's gotten his butt kissed a lot around here. If this is James Harden, if this is LeBron James, everybody gets on them. No, we got to hold him to the same standard that the other top guys get because when they mess up like this or they have an offshoot year in certain regards, you hear about it. Steph Curry needs to hear this more. He's always getting a pass. They kiss his butt. They don't really challenge him or nothing. He even acknowledged that he goofed up. But you know what? Let's start calling him out on that. Enough of the passes. And I got love for the guy. I appreciate everything he's done. But you know what? No. I'm holding him to a higher standard the same way I would anybody else.
3: There he is, Armand. Thanks for the call, man. I appreciate it. No problem. All right. And, and there you go. And I've, I've talked to Armand for years and years. In fact, I met him, I was doing a remote at Rookie's Bar in San Jose um, in 2011. So I've known the guy over 10 years. He knows what he's talking about. But also, there it is. What have you done for me lately? You did not guard that guy on that three. Come on back with Ali Sadiq, stand-up comedian.
15: roofing company always goes above and beyond Mm, yeah we heard about next week's forecast she needs a new foreman to weather a storm of projects you mean another full crew before wednesday Nita jose can you work wednesday indeed can help her hire great people fast i need indeed indeed you do instant match instantly connects you with quality candidates whose resumes on indeed match your sponsored job description visit indeed.com credit and get 75 dollars towards your first sponsored job terms and conditions apply
1: Blue Chew
3: is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. Blue Chew's tablets combat all forms of ED and can help men gain extra confidence when it's time to perform. No visits to the doctor, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy, and it ships right to your door. The process is simple. Sign up at bluechew.com. Consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. Blue Chew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right prescription. Blue Chew's tablets are chewable, and they're made in the USA. They prepare and ship directly. So it's cheaper than a pharmacy. Plus, there's a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code SPORTS at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com promo code SPORTS to receive your first month free.
5: Cutting the price of your wireless bill feels good really good so good you got to try it with straight talk you can get our silver unlimited plan for just 45 bucks a month now with unlimited high speed data plus 5 gigabytes hotspot data and no contract with nationwide 5g on america's best networks why pay a whole lot for your data when you can get unlimited for a whole lot less straight talk wireless no contract no compromise 5g capable device required actual availability coverage and speed may vary see terms and conditions at straighttalk.com
16: to me it's like a mountain A vast bowl of pus!
11: His servants.
3: Uh, Not true. Welcome back to the show. Rick Tiller with you coast to coast and around the globe on American Forces Radio Network. Fantastic to welcome back to the show stand up comedian Ali Sadiq. He's uh, this weekend at Helium St. Louis. Go to heliumcomedy.com to pick up uh, tickets for those shows that are still available. Ali, welcome back to the show, man. And, and I'm sure you get this question a lot, but how many times are you, like, at a mall or an airport and somebody just walks up and whispers, Mexican got boots on?
25: Uh, I'm actually in a mall now, and it's happened twice already.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
25: uh. And and it's the weirdest thing when it's, when it's um, little elderly white ladies. It's like, wait, what are you doing watching prison stores? <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, like, they're like, yeah, I, oh, that was my favorite. This is not happening. You're like, what?
25: and how's everything man I'm coming out there We're trying to have a good time in St. Louis
3: yeah man it's uh, no doubt uh, uh, how do you find St. Louis because you know you got East St. Louis you got St. Louis you got the Arch and you got some good barbecue and jazz but then again some people think it's a bit boring what do you think
25: I just go to the comedy club and whatever people take me it's all, it's all fun to me because it's an adventure I'm not from there. Everything's new. And you know how people say, oh, there's no fun over here. I'm like, and I went there and had a bunch of fun because I'm just new to me. You know, <laughs> so I, every, the arch is new every time I see it. You know, oh, I didn't see this last time. Like, <laughs> it's like, it's like I'm like a kid just in a place and, and I'm just trying to have the best fun, the most adventure that I can have, you know, meeting people, you know, and end up with strange people sometimes Some in some bar. You know, I just try to have the best time I can have everywhere I'm at.
3: I appreciate that. I think I'm the only person because I had a free plane ticket when I was in college. I'm the only person in 1986 to go to spring break in Cleveland.
25: Wow! Yeah, you definitely were the only one. And I've had and I <laughs> and I've had great times in Cleveland. I've had some fantastic times in Cleveland. But I don't think if I was no nah, when I was in college, no spring break, Cleveland didn't come up.
18: I don't think it was on
25: the list.
3: So we we know you're a Houston guy. So um, you know James Harden just cried his way off the Nets after crying his way off the uh, Rockets. the Rockets and crying his way off OKC. I mean, there's no doubt the guy can ball. But what do you think about him as a Rockets fan? Uh, ball as far as crying, yes, he definitely a good <laughs> with the <a baller>. <laughs> Good one. So,
25: I have to tread lightly because my daughter um, is a chef at his restaurant, Ooh. and <laughs> but he's horrible. He's horrible, man. <laughs> it's like he he manages. I don't think Jersey's gonna. Um, Philly's gonna be any better. Philly's not gonna be any better. James Harden doesn't want to play basketball unless it unless everything's going his way. Right. And and, and, Le, and he's no different than LeBron. LeBron comes there and like, okay, yeah, yeah, he is different. Than I, I, my apologies. LeBron wins when LeBron changes things; he wins. Mm-hmm. And but, but Harden, Harden is not a part of that. LeBron, he and, uh, the the roster's gonna be messed up after LeBron leaves, and the uh, the money's gonna be messed up. But he's gonna win. And Harden, I don't think Harden has that winning spirit just yet, you know. And he falls out with everybody he's played with. You can't play with Chris Paul. You can't play with Westbrook. You can't play with um with um with Kyrie. Like, man, who can you play with? No
3: so doubt. I don't know. Yeah, and he doesn't like playing defense very much too.
25: He does like doesn't like playing defense. It's not even a part of his game.
3: <laughs> like, <laughs> like defense. What? Uh
25: Unless I would play defense.
3: A couple more sports questions for you. Um uh, Deshaun Watson said that uh, he was thinking, Well, since Miami doesn't want me, maybe I could go to the to the Buccaneers or the the Vikings, but he still has twenty two lawsuits hanging over his head. There's no doubt he's a fantastic talent, and he's only twenty six years old. But with all that bad baggage, what what's going to happen with Deshaun?
25: I think he should go to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh knows how to handle scandals like that. Mm. You know, you go to Pittsburgh, they take care of it. And but I think he's going to get out a lot of them because Rusty Harden, he has a great he has a great attorney. I'm not saying. Um, that he did something. I'm not saying he didn't do anything. I know one thing. If I played football, I'ma get a massage at the facility. <laughs> <laughs> for free. For <laughs> free. I'm not saying for not one massage. Hey, like, hey Roy. Hey Roy. Um this knee hurts again. <laughs> like, like,
18: like,
25: yeah, I'm going to go to the trainer. What's wrong with the trainer? Right. I'm like, Deshaun, what was wrong with the trainer? Not saying you did something, not saying you didn't. But what's wrong with the trainer?
3: Well, what's wrong with the trainer is you get a sad ending.
18: <laughs>
3: <laughs> right?
25: Hey, I, 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 obviously, this is a compromise ending at this point. Like, I don't, I don't <laughs> this is a weird thing. I, 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 I would go to the same person. That's a... That's a lot of massages though. Yeah. That's a lot of massages. If you think about it, that's a lot of massages.
3: No doubt.
25: <laughs> that's a lot of massages to pay for. <laughs> and you're a professional athlete. Yeah. I'm like, I, I'm not a professional athlete, but I'm quite sure after the comedy show some some waitress down in her luck well, you know, <laughs> <laughs> didn't make all the tips she needed to make. Uh. You know, will massage my shoulder in the green room <laughs> with other people present. <laughs> right
3: with a consent form signed. Sure,
25: I'm someone. I need several people in the green room. I need several people in there. <laughs> I don't want one, but I need several. They're like, uh, it happened in the green room. Oh, it was a, uh, doing a party, but I was having a party. If you were like, I'm having a party. I need everybody to that. A
3: Couple more questions for Ali Sadiq at Helium St. Louis. All right, last sports question: Are, are you an Astros fan who says? too bad about banging on trash cans and and, uh, you know but are are you the one who said look I've waited long enough for a World Series everybody cheats, big deal I'm proud of the World Series
25: Okay, the thing is I'm not an Astros fan Okay, but if I was Mm -hmm. if I was an Astros fan you know I'm festive when the team is winning no no doubt Um, I would take it the same way as being a Patriots fan. Hey, man, scandal is scandal. And to it's proven, <laughs> to it's proven, sir, I'm wearing this ring, sir. I don't care nothing about any type of gate. I don't care about the, the spy gate. I don't care about the north gate or the, or, the, or the south gate, sir. I'm wearing my ring, shining up every day. I <laughs> can fact, i would be shining my ring up as I'm in the press conference. <laughs> So what do you think about the, the the scandal of cheating? Hey man, hold on. Let me let me shine my ring up real quick. Okay, now in in the words of Ricky Bobby, in the in the, in, the, in the in the great athlete of Ricky Bobby, if you're not you're not cheating, you're not winning, you're not trying, sir. No, no I would I would I would I've, I'm a I'm a I'm a, a Yankee fan, mm. and I, I'm a Dow Strawberry fan. I'm a I'm a uh, Lawrence Taylor fan. It, you know, some people consider cocaine cheating.
6: You know, I, I
25: wouldn't. mean <laughs> <laughs> well, it's something like nice cocaine. You know cocaine while you're playing? it's kind got to cheat. But, you know, it's all how you look at it.
3: No doubt. You know. I I had Daryl Strawberry on the show years ago. He wrote this tell-all book, and it was, and he was a great interview because he basically went down the list of everybody – Whose back he stabbed, everybody he lied to, and it was sort of like this uh, you know, like an AA kind of thing, but uh, it was raw, it was revealing and uh, you talk about a fantastic talent uh, I think he's in a better place now, man. He just said, look, this is what I did and I got to own it.
25: yeah, so that's the that's the, the other part of it and I'm with with me I the only cheating the only cheating in sports to me if you are transgender. <laughs> <laughs> that's on the cheese. That's, a, that's the only cheese Did you just outrun my daughter, Larry? <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, you know where it might come into play is that there are now, I think, some transgender that are, it's going to get into MMA, and it could be a butt whipping.
25: Oh, man. It, it's, it's been. Remember, it was one lady that was uh, – uh, Transgender that was beating women to death. She's like a uh, MMA. So I'm like, yo, you so you you genetically stronger and you're really punishing these women. It's it's like he should have to have his hand tied, one hand tied behind his back or something. So <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, you you got to come from behind. You you you're like two, You got to get a woman two rounds and then you know you start. <laughs> <laughs> like you can't just go out the gate. You know you and you and you still got your man strength, like, you know?
3: You know what? I'll say this, Allie. In the same interview, both of our careers will be canceled at the same time. <laughs> <laughs>
25: I'm just, but it, I, and I say being canceled is a choice. Like, mm-hmm. like you we'll know, cancel you. Hey, first of all, you can't cancel me because I'm not listening. I'm
3: not listening. <laughs> I'm not even listening. Oh, I know. I saw Ronnie Chang in, in a concert, and he said, uh, please cancel me so I'll go home to my home country where I'm a national hero. <laughs> <laughs> That's
18: oh.
25: please, I'm going to go to my country where I'm a
3: national hero. I love that. <sighs> Ali Sadiq. National hero in Houston. See him at Helium, St. Louis, Missouri. Go to heliumcomedy.com for the tickets. Allie, good stuff, man, and uh, we'll hope to have you in studio sometime.
25: All right. Thank you so much, sir. Very
3: much. All right. Good stuff. I'm Rick Tuttle. We'll take a quick break. Come on back on Sports Byline.
1: 800 756 3744. 800 756 3744. 800 756 3744. That's 800 756 3744.
14: Do you own an annuity, either fixed rate, indexed, or variable? Are you paying high fees and getting low returns? If so, Annuity General would like you to have this free book to learn the pitfalls and mistakes of buying an annuity. Hurry, supplies are limited.
1: Call now. 800-760-1845. 800-760-1845. 800-760-1845. That's 800-760-1845.
11: Rick Tittle, you done broke my heart, but I still take you back. You hella fine.
3: Girl, you best get in line. Did you know, ladies and germs, and I didn't know this until I read this blurb by Matt Snyder, the baseball writer today, that the owners have the power to start spring training without a CBA, but they're refusing to use that power. They could just simply lift the lockout, have everybody report, and then just continue to hammer out the details. And there is a precedent for this. Everyone would be together in spring training too, which means the meetings would be there and they could they could call it a sign of good faith. I mean, the, the biggest group reaping the reward would be you and me, the fans. We just want our baseball. We want to talk about it. We want to watch it. We want to go to the games. We want to have the joys and we don't want the pain, but comes with it. We just want to watch the damn game and the lockout, take care of your customers or your consumers if you want. But the risk from lifting the lockout is that the players would then go on strike. (laughs) And that's why they say they're not lifting it. So if the owners lift the lockout and the players go on strike, on one hand, you could say the owners would have achieved their ultimate goal in making the players look like the bad guys, right? Because ownership claimed on December 2nd, when they did the lockout, it was to jumpstart negotiations. That to me is like saying, you know how I want to work on a relationship? Let's break up. (laughs) You're with your girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever, husband, wife. We're not getting along. What should we do to jumpstart our relationship? Why don't you live someplace else? (laughs) I mean, it's possible. But once again, it was 43 days before the owners even came up with a deal. Could you imagine telling your girlfriend, I want to jumpstart our relationship, so go away. And then you call her 43 days later. Yeah, you want to work on this? I'd say your odds are uh, against you getting an answer in the affirmative uh, Affirmative, there. Yeah but the owners kept saying the lockout was necessary. We have to lock you out. Why? Because we need a new deal. It's like debtor's prison, which we don't have in America, but they had in Europe. You owe money. You haven't paid it yet. No, go to jail. Well, then how am I supposed to get the money? What? How am I supposed to get the money if I'm in jail? Well, that's your problem. It is. I think the guy whose money I owe to, I think it's his problem. So the owners could lift it, and they don't want to. That's great. That's heartwarming. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow at nine a.m. for another edition of Title Lighting Sports. have brain damage. <laughs> <laughs> Great way to end the show.